Blog Talk Radio. And I just turned here with that old man. This is what I am, what I am. Understand, I don't give a damn. That is, unless you're not listening live. This is the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast. It is Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. I am your host, Travis Bryant. And uh, joining me right now is uh, co-host extraordinaire, our good pal, Cameron Hawkins. Uh, Cam, what up, fam? What's going on, man? Hey, not too much, man. How are things? Things are all right. Things are all right. Good. Sounds good. Um, we've definitely got a decent amount on the to- on the docket. We've uh, got some wrestling news. We've got some uh, some uh, some sad wrestling news that we'll get to in a bit. But before we get to get to all the topics, subjects, questions, uh, let's let me give out all the pertinent information for you guys to contact the show. Uh, if you want to call in and talk directly to Cam and myself, hit us up on the Constellation lines. Give us a call at 347-202-0103. Uh, once again, that's 347-202-0103. Uh, if you can't call us, you can always shoot us an email anytime during the week, anytime during uh, the show. The mailbag is always open and constantly being refreshed, uh, find us at East Coast Audio Show at Gmail dot com. East Coast Audio Show at Gmail dot com. We've got a decent amount of emails in uh, already, uh, so shoot us one if you want to uh, if you want to voice an opinion via email. Also, uh, find the show on Twitter at East Coast Cast. Twitter dot com slash East Coast Cast. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, poll questions, and we normally just interact throughout the week. And when I say we, I mean Cam. Uh, so, again, at East Coast Cash, you can find my personal Twitter, at TravLord, and you can find Cam at Seahawk, that's C-E-E, Hawk. And also you can uh, find us on Facebook, the last bastion of Get Adage. Actually, it's not anymore. Keep keep forgetting. But find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PWTorch East Coast Cast. Or just search East Coast Cast or PWTorch, and you'll see us among the uh, Torch family of fan pages. And uh looks like we did have a new like this week, and that was from... It was a familiar name, I think. Oh, no, uh, D-Palm and uh, Rashad Bird. So, appreciate you guys. D-Palm, already uh, a friend of the show. And uh, Antoine, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Rashad, appreciate that. Rashad from Seattle, by way of North Carolina. So, appreciate the the like, 
uh, guys, share the page on your timeline, uh, tag your wrestling pals in it, uh, spread the word that way. And also, you can uh, leave us a voicemail. And that is uh, via voicemail. Uh, so call us at 415-787-5229 or just go to eastcoastcast.com. All the social media and contact information is there. So, yeah, here we are. Poll results. Uh, Cam, yeah, headlines, poll results. Where are we starting? I think the headlines, uh, you know, what happens is the, uh, you know, the passing of Bruno San Martino. Uh, we don't, well, whenever we do, like, a wrestling route, Mount Rushmore, um, if you're not of a certain age, like, he's typically not on it. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with recency and viewing habits and things of that nature. But, you know, for... Yeah, well, us being in our 30s, that, that also you know, plays a big no, part. No, of course. We're recent, recency and viewing yeah. habits. Like, it's, you know, it's an age thing. Um, but, you know, Bruno San Martino was, you know, the, uh, the lead act... The, the big baby face of the old, uh, you know, WWF prior to Hulkamania. Um, yeah, we were lucky enough to, you know, I, I've seen Bruno in person one time. That was at uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony 2013, uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, my, my experience with him, like my strongest memory of him is definitely been just a, uh, you know, a stand-up, you know, well-spoken, honorable, tough guy uh, who, you know, was was very important to not only that time in wrestling, but, you know, stood out as the, uh, you know, the hero to the Italian-American people of the uh, of the Northeast um, and was, you know, one of those big examples of why wrestling works for people. You know, um, just, you don't hear too many people say bad things about him, um, you know, you hear about him just doing good works his whole life and doing things to make sure people around him were taken care of and always having a kind word came after him. Just, um, you know, I don't really do, you know, sad when people pass, especially if they live a full life and go of a certain yeah. age and you know, contributed so much. You want to give him a like, round of applause, like, like, for real, for real. Yeah, <laughs> like way to yeah. make it to your 80s, man, or you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. And, and to look the way in in well in you know? in good health. I mean, if you make it to your 80s and exactly. like the last 15 years of your life was like in the hospital and all. I mean, that 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 sucks. But you know, when you make mm-hmm. it to, to sept oct or whatever 90s are to genarian, it's uh yeah, it's hard to. Hard, hard to be sad, especially if you didn't know the person personally. If it's your like when my great grandma died, she was ninety. It was definitely sad, but again, it was like way to go, Granny. Way to you know hang in there and 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 teach us all, and and just be around until I got to be tw- you know till I was twenty. But for somebody that's just like a celebrity or just a well known individual, you just uh, you give it up for for their longevity. And and one of those words you said was honorable when you talked about Bruno and never having a bad word to say about people. When he did, it was always couched in an honorable way. Like it was always based in it was always based in like the truth 
and 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 honor. Like he had words in for decades for WWF uh, E, and they were always you couldn't go ah Bruno's being sensitive or or he's uh, w- whatever. It was always like yeah nope he's got a point. And and even when he came back, it was it was all. It was all it was all good. No, like you didn't like look at him as a as a hypocrite or a guy cashing in. It was it was a, it was a, an old man that was that had said his piece and 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 made his piece. And I know that was one of the big things that one of the big themes of people's uh, responses today finding out after, uh, he passed was I'm so glad he made he made peace with WWE and got in the Hall of Fame and and us fans especially the Younger ones, the ones you know, fifty and younger, for real, for real, got to got to experience him in uh, in in real time, and and appreciate the the story and his life and his wrestling career and the stories he told. Yeah, I didn't get to go to that. I was in New York, but I didn't get to go to that Hall of Fame, and it's uh, it's kind of a bummer that I didn't get to ever see him uh, live and live and in person. Yeah. No, definitely, uh, definitely a cool experience, that, and you always, uh, you know, it being somebody I didn't really know, like that being the uh, kind of the first experience was, was really cool because I, you know, I, I, I appreciate like honorable old men because reason, but I, I really do find, um, you know, I, I find joy in that in in, in living to a certain age and, and being able to look back. And you know, just being able to leave such a good impression on people, and, and to be to be steadfast and upright. Uh, you, you just see so many people who, even even later in life, you know, make certain mistakes or, or things come out about them, and they don't change. And and I think that you know, you can you can always make up for things that you do within reason. But he was just you know, he, he was just he was a real life superior. And that's really cool to see. Um, outside of the money and the propaganda and all kinds of things like that, like like he really did. He left the world better than when he entered, and that's just like the highest compliment you can give somebody. So, so yeah, yeah. Salute to him and applause for him. Um, and I'm sure, you know, especially with the circles that we travel in, we're gonna get to hear some really cool things about him in the coming weeks. And it's something I do look forward to. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, even, I mean, the the thing about the network uh, is, you know, be, you can actually go and, and watch a lot of, a lot of his stuff. It's, you know, 40, 50 years past its prime and uh, doesn't hold up tremendously well, but what does hold up and what's, Absolutely, um, you know, un, un, you know, un, without a doubt, true is the crowd reaction holds up. Like you don't need to have, you don't need to be able to see, uh, like, oh, that arm drag or that body slam, whatever, the, the physical stuff in the ring. You can see that uh-huh. crowd reaction from all over, the, all over, up and down the East Coast, react to him like he was goddamn Superman. Um, and that's really all you need to 
all you need to know as a as a as a current fan or or someone uh, that didn't get to see him in real time or someone that yeah. you know just has only knows modern wrestling and knows the state of the art stuff that we see today and but a crowd reaction is uh holds up <laughs> you know if we were able to see footage from like uh you know it's a different context, but like a Roman Coliseum or some wrestling match in ancient Greece or something, and that was, we'd go, oh yeah, they're 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 wrestling naked and it's weird, and those holds are super uh, basic and stuff. But look at that crowd; they're 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 super into it, which kind of brings you know you can't help but bring bring you into it uh, yourself. So yeah, uh, rest in peace, Bruno San Martino. So, um, any any headlines as far as current TV wrestling? Anything from the last week that stands out that's worth uh, that's worth highlighting at the at the top? You know, I don't think so, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, they kind of frame the last week um, to you know be about the superstar shakeup, to be about their their new season, their roster reset you know, call it what you will, um, but everything kind of hinges on that, and, and a lot of it is fantasy booking from, from our standpoint and from people's standpoint, just, you know, what what's your initial reactions to, you know, people who jump jumping ship? Like, nobody thought that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to be out of WWE. Just assume, you know, they'd be on the other show. That's what you get. Um, you know, we, we put up a bunch of polls, about the superstar shakeup and tried to frame it, you know, as best we could to to have it a division, to have it have it separated to where, you know, we asked who who you thought benefited most from, you know, out of the male singles wrestlers, out of the uh, female singles act, out of the tag team act, and out of the NXT act. Um and I you'd have to, you know, kind of refresh me on exactly how these polls turned out. Um, you know, I feel like uh, CN almost ran away with the NXT vote as far as who would benefit most from that. And that's, that's a credit to him and the work that he's done over the last six months. Uh, but, but, yeah, I, I think that's, that's really what it is. How do you feel about Superstar Shake-Up and where acts move? Like, my, my initial reaction is, wow, SmackDown has an amazing tag division. Like that. That's kind of the first thing I think of. Like, if you want to watch tag team wrestling, you should watch SmackDown because they have just a, a huge roster and so many teams that have done good work in, in so many different places with so many different opponents. Um, like, like SmackDown, and we also ran a poll on Torch uh, East Coast Cast Instagram page and overwhelmingly. People think SmackDown came out on top. Sure. But, you know, it was kind of the same thing last year. And you couldn't just say SmackDown was outright the better show for the last year because SmackDown at times well, really did flounder outside of the West. Well, was it last year? I thought I thought SmackDown, the, the consensus was SmackDown got the, the short end of the stick. Like, besides Charlotte, they kind of... Uh, uh, got stripped of of a lot of uh, top names, and they weren't particularly replaced. Again, Charlotte came over, and then for the first four or six months of of her being on SmackDown, it wasn't she, she wasn't blockbuster or doing anything uh, 
necessary necessarily uh, huge. Um, when I when I saw Raw Monday at the end of Raw, I went, well, this is going to bode well for SmackDown because none of my favorites, none of I didn't feel Raw took a bunch of you know Charlotte, AJ, Shinsuke, you know was maybe an, one more. I was like, well, they didn't go, so this is this is going to be this is going to work out very oh Usos and New Day. I was like, this is going to work well for work out well for SmackDown, and then it did. I mean, it it it, it really did. Three hundred vote question, and two hundred seventy of them said SmackDown turned out better than Raw after Sunday. Oh, crap. well. Okay, I just I guess I remember. Yeah, it's kind of that thing where, um, you know, it, it still does have to play out. And I'm glad when I searched, because I just searched my name and Superstar Shakeup to see how things came mm-hmm. out. And, yeah, it's overwhelmingly SmackDown. So, but, but I mean, it, it's weird. It seems like SmackDown has a larger roster than Raw does on a shorter show. Like, just kind of looking at it, it seems that way. Um, but, yeah, they have an embarrassment of, of tagging, which they have. Like, immediately, they have three or four main eventers. Like, they have AJ Styles, they have Daniel Bryan, they have Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I, I don't know who else would want to. Like, Randy Orton, I guess, is still there. Oh, so yeah, sure. Randy Orton is a main eventer. Um, so, they, yeah, like, they have guys at the top that you want to see against each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and now guys in 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 the middle or in the middle top, you know that you kind of want to see. I mean, did you ever think you'd want to see Cass in a match? Like, you know, like I can't wait to see Daniel Bryan chop his big ass down in size. And who yeah, would have who would have thought? I'd be remiss. As a singles guy, yeah, you'd be yeah. I'd be excited to see. I certainly wouldn't. And, and, and Nutshot Nakamura is, you know, week two of, 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 of this new per, new persona, this new attitude is, you know, it's good. They haven't, uh, they, they're, they're just building with him and you're just really building towards that rematch. I mean, I think if you were wondering, like, man, they only got, it was a good match at Mania, but, you know, they only got 15 minutes or whatever they got. It seems like they, seems like they left a lot on the on the table and they did. And now it's uh it's certainly understandable that oh yeah, they 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 can do so much this spring and summer, uh, with AJ and Nakamura. AJ and Nakamura and and and, and Brian and um did you get a feeling that Cass was necessarily with Nakamura aligned in any way, loosely, tightly? No. Or that just was timing? I think so. I think it was timing. I think it was Timing, okay. Cass yeah. At the same time, um, but no, like you touched on earlier, you have a tag division with right now the Bludgeon Brothers at the top, but underneath them you have the Usos, the New Day, the Bar, the Club, and Sanity. Wait, wait, the like, Bar? Did I miss that? The Bar, bar got drafted this night. I missed that. Wow. Who's wait? What do they have on Raw then? Jeez. Brizongo. Like, uh, Brizongo no. and Slater and Rhino. 
and, and ALC is there. Um, okay, ALC yeah, there. they'll dominate. Bible there. Um, the new know, guys Chad or Gable the top guys. Chad Gable got moved to Raw, so they might have somebody there, you know, they pair him with. Um, yeah. But I mean, going back to SmackDown, you have, you know, your U.S. title picture is like Rusev and Jeff Hardy and probably Cien Almas. I mean, they're, you know, Shelton Benjamin and Jeff Hardy just had a match. He's there. Like, you have a strong undercall. Like, and, and then we haven't even talked about, you know, I'm, I'm not going to call them the Iconics because it sounds stupid. But you have the Iconic duo. You have your Charlotte. You have Asuka. Um, you still have Becky Lynch. Like, Naomi. They're still, yeah. You have Carmella as a champion. Like, there's SmackDown has moved some pieces around, and they all of a sudden, like, have these intriguing matches. Um, just... Yeah, it was good. And I'm like, Samoa Joe at the top of the SmackDown card. Like, don't let me forget Samoa Joe. Joe. Like, they're, Joe. Yeah, it's, they are really working with something. All right, so let's, uh, I assume you don't have the, the poll up in in front of you right now? Yeah, yeah, I did not. Okay, so um, just real quick. Which uh, non-NXT male singles wrestler benefited most uh, from their move in the, in the Superstar Shake-Up? Uh, winning overwhelmingly with 59% of the vote was Samoa Joe. Uh, coming in second, it's really a two-man race here, was Jeff Hardy with 31%. And then Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal going over to Raw came in at 6 and 3% respectively. So, I, I mean... That was probably the best, the biggest uh, for me personally, the biggest one move in the entire in the entire shakeup. It was Joe mm-hmm. going to SmackDown, and I think his promo, uh, because I kind of halfway expected him to cut a promo like, well, I, you know, uh, or either cutting a promo saying, I guess I won't face Roman, or just not bringing Roman up. But but they went and. Uh, he he cut his promo like no I'm gonna win the IC title in, in Jetta then I'm gonna win the Universal title in at Backlash and I'm bringing all that over to SmackDown and obviously I, I doubt either one of those things are going to happen but um, but still it was a good convincing uh, promo uh, so far second poll was which of these non NXT female acts benefited the most most. And uh, Natty won with 43% in her move to, from SmackDown to Raw. Asuka uh, came in second at 33%. I'm, I'm assuming just because, because she didn't uh, move rosters. She just got more people, more playmates to play with, more talent to, to, to go know, up she, against. She did move rosters. Like, she was not a SmackDown wrestler. You know she what? You're right. They were ve- yeah, they were like, very vague with with that because even after she said I want to face Charlotte at Mania, she still kept appearing on on Raw. Okay. So yeah. good point. And the Riot Squad as a group came in came in uh, third with seventeen percent, and Absolution uh, uh, rounds the thing out with seven uh, percent. Any uh, any thoughts on them flipping flipping those two uh, female stables? I mean, I, I think that you want 
to it's interesting that Natalia came in at at the top because I think that you want the other half of your roster, the the newer acts that you brought up, I think you want them with Natalia and Sasha Banks. And, you know, uh, Riot Squad got a few months with them. Now, uh, Absolution gets her. Actually, no. They flipped. It's, so yeah, I, I they went more, with them. It more reinforces what I was saying. Like, you want to keep them around your vents. You know, like, yeah. Sarah Logan, who, for, even though I think she has a great look, you know, I'd say she's probably, like, maybe the least experienced of them. And then, you know, Liv, Liv Morgan. She's right definitely the. So I think she's, her. she's the worst promo out of out of uh, out of them all, and I don't even think I've even heard Mandy Rose speak a ton. I just I I've heard her say a few things in NXT, but Sarah Logan every time she's opened her mouth, it's just like, stop it, yeah. let somebody else talk. Yeah, probably keep them around. You know, a Natalia who. Is, is willing to help people and is probably the best to learn from. You know, I, I think you maintain that relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, but I also think it's just getting your newer acts, having as much of your audience as you can actually see. And that's, and that's the way to do it. And the third poll of four, which of these, which of these nine NXT tag teams benefit the most? And Gallows and Anderson ran away with it with 49%. Uh, Owens and Zayn, even though they're not a traditional uh, tag team, came in at second and second with 23%. And uh, Rizango, 15% in the bar, 13%. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, someone even that someone that voted for Rizango even, uh, like, mentioned uh, D- D- uh, Danny Mountain. He says, I want, I want to say Rizango on a three-hour show uh, – uh, that all but guarantees them to be on TV every week, and in a, de- in a depleted tag division, uh, they could really really get a push inside the ring, too. Uh, unless Raw gets two hands on and ruins what made them special, so I'm wary. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's even if you don't – if it's not – they're not your favorite team, you can, like Daddy Mountain, rationalize, like, well, they've got a ton of time to, a ton of time to, to fill uh, on Raw, and they're – that division, shit, I didn't, just thinking about the bar now is going, that division is just really non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, AOP should not, should, should win those tag titles and, and never lose them. I mean, until they, uh, until they, until they bring up the next big, you know, tag team. But Brizango and, and Rhino and Slater, or none of those guys should, should uh, be dethroning them. Uh, but Gallows and Anderson headed over to SmackDown by themselves. No Finn, so they're not going to they, – they, we only got the Balor Club, you know, for a few months on I mean, air. You do have AJ. Uh, you know, you have AJ there, yeah. so that's not – you know, they can still – and then they, they've had that relationship already on, um, you know, on Raw, and now they're all facing it at the same time, more than likely. So, you know, that, that could still be a thing. And the last poll, which NXT act benefits the most from their move in the Superstar Shakeup? And uh, Almas and Zelina Vega won with 47%, followed by Drew McIntyre with 33%, and Sanity, who I voted for with 21%. Uh, that was probably my second favorite 
move of the draft or of the superstar shakeup was Sanity getting called up. Uh, I, I like how they gave you a, a pretty decent uh, video package to kind of whet your appetite, give you, but not just debuting them right away or having them attack someone right away. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it was always kind of a feeling like ah, I think they'll, they're they're NXT lifers, and and they easily could have been like oh they're they're not a main roster actor, but I think. After that war games, I think Killian Dane is probably the reason they're they got moved up uh to to SmackDown. I think he's the one that they see and he's the one that's been getting featured the most in, in in their matches, especially at that war games and then at uh in that um, ladder match at, at Mania Weekend at Takeover. So So yeah, so uh all, all in all I thought it was a, a, a good shakeup. Say what now? Yeah. Eric Young was a TNA comedy act who eventually got his own TV show who was supposed to be a guy who never got out of NXT who is now, like, on SmackDown. Like, just salute Yeah, guy. talk about defying <laughs> all the odds and and not settling for where you are. Like, settling mm-hmm. for your for – your, not knowing your role and shutting your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about yeah, yeah, him plugging and away and, and just – Keep putting in good work. I mean, Eric Young has been one of the most consistent acts I've seen over the over the last fifteen, seventeen years since you know whenever TNA mm-hmm. debuted. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, this week's poll or polls. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's move and talk to some folks, shall we? Again, hit us up on the Constellation line. Call us at 347-202-0103 or email us at eastcoastaudioshow at gmail.com. And let's uh, let's open things up. Uh, you know what? We've got a returning, returning guest we don't get to talk to as often anymore, so let's talk. go to Shahid and uh, bring him on. Uh, Shot was happening. What up? Nothing much. Hope you guys are doing okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, there's two quick things. First, the Superstar Shake-Up. Yeah. I remember the consensus last year was kind of like a lot of people initially felt like Raw, you know, got the upper hand because they got the Miz, they got Dean Ambrose, they got a bunch of big names. But then it's kind of like Charlotte, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens all got a chance to go from Raw to SmackDown. And then it, got, it gave other people time to breathe. Like, so you can kind of see the arguments on both sides. This year, it has seemed like it's just overwhelmingly SmackDown. Like, SmackDown basically added a mid-card, has the best tag division, strengthened the women's division, and has a main event. Of people, we got like four or five guys that can be in a main event, and they're all like you know believable. Like if you look at like their top wrestlers, like wrestling skill wise, I like the top ten names. I would say what six or seven of them will be on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Any what like, do you have to? Uh, yeah. You got a cam. I was gonna say like if you had to say like, and, and of course it's. For, for a bunch of reasons, it's not directly comparable. But, like, if you had to say a SmackDown 6, like you have AJ, you have Brian, you have Nakamura, you have Samoa Joe, and then 
throw in, I don't know, an almost in a Jeff Hardy. Like you or you could say like, yeah, or you could say like Rusev. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put Rusev and Orton in, in that uh, as the last yeah, two. Orton. But, but because you can actually flip, there's not a, you actually could have a SmackDown 8, you know, really. Mm-hmm. And I think it's comparable to the SmackDown 6 that I think you're talking about from, uh, from like 03. I mean, it's not Eddie and, you know, it's just star power kind of thing. But, you know, for 2018, I mean, it's. Pretty damn good. The funny thing is kind of like they weren't, when the SmackDown 6 was a thing, they weren't at the star level that they remember them now. Like, Edge was still in the yeah. come up. Yeah. Kurt Angle yeah. was kind Edge of like, Edge you know, in 03. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. you know, Angle was trying, like, Angle was trying to get over, like, you know, get out the shadow of the Rock and Triple H. Benoit was on the come up. Rey Mysterio was on the come up. Ray. So, it was like, there was a lot of... Yeah. So and like this one, it's a good chance you could see a fatal four way with Joe Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Daniel Bryan. That's insane to think about. Like that could be an actual mm-hmm. SmackDown match, like a title match. Who would have thought that would have been a thing like say four years ago? Uh-huh. Why? Why? I don't want to say why now, but why did SmackDown get? Like clearly it was a concerted effort because nothing that they do isn't. Uh, so why did they decide to, you know what, let's give SmackDown some juice this year? And and real juice. This isn't 07 or whatever when they sent Triple H over for him to kind of, you know, you know play and dominate SmackDown for a year. This seems, this seems like a, this seems real. This seems of consequence. Yeah. And any, any theories a, on, like, why and who, maybe? Thing. Like, yeah. I think it's a two-part thing. I think part of it is kind of like to help with SmackDown ratings because I know it's like a TV, like it's a you know negotiating year, and definitely SmackDown will definitely be a more watchable show. And I think part of it's kind of like to let people on Raw breathe because like a lot of the people that left from Raw to SmackDown, they really didn't have too much to do anymore. And I think it's kind of like I think Raw is just going to change where it's going to be more like the entertainment show. Like they still got wrestlers. Like I know you brought up the whole tag team thing. I look at them as like moving, you know, the bar and Anderson and Gallows to give the revival a chance to breathe. So the revival was kind of like dealing with injury. They were kind of like lost where they're a great team, but they didn't have a chance to really be a great team because it was all these names above them. Now it's like, it's them an AOP. Unless you really think like mm-hmm. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt is going to be this four-year tag team. Yeah, we for- I forgot about them. Um, but no, like you said, like I, I think that when you look at the singles – wrestlers that they have. And then we matter of fact, um, we didn't even bring up that the Miz is back on SmackDown. Like mm-hmm. you know, they, they it's strong. But I think that when you look at even if it's a smaller singles roster, you look at the guys who are in the the, the raw like the raw singles roster. I mean you still have Lesnar, you have Roman Reigns, you have Seth Rollins, you have Finn Balor you have Bobby Lashley, like it's it's pretty strong at the top. Um, you don't know where Dean Ambrose is going to be when he comes back. Like it could be a back to SmackDown thing, it could be a Raw thing, but there. Uh, I mean, you have Jinder Mahal, who, regardless of how you feel about him, the company's high on him, so he's you know he's up there. It's um, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I think they're going to have more time, and, and you're going to get more fleshed out characters on Raw. Um, and, and more of the wrestling, wrestling that you want to see on SmackDown. Yeah, 
I think what happened was, like, Raw just got more balanced. Like, Raw was top-heavy before, where it was, like, you had eight or nine people that were main eventers. You had the women, and then you had jobbers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have you didn't have a mid-card. Like, I mean, for real, for real now, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre. Like, you could put, it's like it's funny. Like, we didn't even think about them. Like, you could put them in a the mid-card and do stuff you want to. Baron Corbin could be mid-card, upper mid-card. So, it's like, you got a lot of names that can have time to shine on a three-hour show where it's kind of like SmackDown. It was kind of like you saw the same seven, eight people. And after a while, it's like, okay, I know what Baron Corbin can do. I know what I want to see with Dolph Ziggler is right now. You know, how do you feel about Jinder Mahal? He can have time to be what he should have been in the first place, mid-car, upper mid-car, work his way to the top if he needs to, while still having the main event. Because you still got, you know, Brock Lesnar while he's there, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor. So it's like you got enough big names there. And I even count like, you know, Bobby Lashley where you can still do stuff and do matches. SmackDown just seemed like it's just so – yeah, I'm like I made a joke like Jerry Jones must have been in charge of the trades on Raw because like there's no way in the world like the tag the tag teams are better, the women are better, SmackDown has a mid car and a better like the entire roster from top to bottom, it's just better. Mm-hmm. Like you got you got. I thought they framed. I, I thought they framed Kurt Angle as kind of an idiot, not because of like bad trades or, or whatever, but I thought just the Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens stuff like it started last week when he when he gave him a match and Corey Graves is like why do they even have a, what do you mean you have one spot you know like sign them both and then this week when he goes sorry you lost your match neither one now I know they needed to do that so he could get you know get the <clears throat> get the uh, heat from Stephanie and she could undermine him and and, and do that but it 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 was it was it was dumb I mean those two guys those. I don't know. I wouldn't go out and call them blue chippers because just well because of their age, but those are two legit top main event guys, and you're just like, hey, sorry, you lost. Both of you guys lost on a technicality, so hit the road. Like it just was kind. Of, it, it it that I think summed up uh, Raw's Raw's uh, uh, shakeup. Yeah, it was. It's funny. Like it wasn't that Raw. Like Raw only looks bad because of how. People like we generally like all went to SmackDown. Like Raw, like look at the people that's actually on Raw. It's you know Zane, Owens, Ziggler, Corey. Like they got names, and then NXT they got names. It just seems like you look at the names they have. It's like oh you know Raw's more balanced, yada yada yada. But then you can't compare it to how SmackDown they're like oh yeah it's cool that Raw got Ember Moon, but SmackDown got Oscar. Like it's like yeah one is not the yeah, other. Like it's cool it's cool Raw got SmackDown got Samoa Joe. And like, oh, you know, it's cool. Like, Raw, they got off the pain of tag teams. Like, yeah, SmackDown got your two best tag teams. Like, they got to a point and, where, okay, they got, like, they and got Sanity to a point and where, whoever like, else. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I made a joke, like, I made a joke, like, this is getting unfair. Like, you get Sanity, you get Anderson and Gallows, and you get the bar. It's like, okay, you already fight the, you already, you know, you already scored a touchdown, you already did the dance. Now you want to put the dance on YouTube? Like, this is kind of overkill at this point. And then you, oh, yeah, right. by the way, we're going to add Almas there because I know that's what that's what you guys wanted. Like, basically everybody who wanted to go on SmackDown with the exception, like, either Rollins or Finn Balor went to SmackDown. 
Yeah, it, it would have been like Any... saying, hey, here's Ricochet, too. Like, that's, <laughs> that's when you're like, oh, come shit. on, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Any acts that you're but surprised sudden, didn't, um, didn't move one way or the other? Um, Nikki Cross would probably want to stay for for NXT, the same reason why Oscar stayed an extra year. Because I know when Sandy went yeah. up and she didn't, people pointed that out. It was like they kind of need names there in the women's division. Like Shayna Baszler can't wrestle Kari Zane every week for like six months. Yeah. Dakota yeah. Kai, right, and and then yeah. your Vanessa Bournes and your and your and your Bianca Belairs and stuff. They're just, you know, uh, Lacey Evans. They're just not not ready. They just are starting to rev up Lacey Evans. Bianca Belair has gotten a, few, you know, she's on TV maybe once a month. Uh, so yeah, they need people that are that are absolute names that people recognize instantly that have a his that have. You know, months and months of history in in the in the promotion. Yeah, and this person is for because they did the same thing with Bailey. Like they left her when Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky Lynch went because like we need somebody to be there because our three top girls left. We can't have all four of them gone because we don't have women. And then they kept yeah. Bailey there till until like um, Oscar got strong and iconic duo got stronger, and then they kept Oscar there after Baylor left, like, for the same reason. Oh, I finally figured out why the reason why they changed the name. Apparently, Iconic Duo was trademarked by somebody else. So that's why they get called Iconic. That's a good reason. Wait, what was the reason I missed? Uh, Say it again. Somebody trademarked. Somebody trademarked Iconic Duo, so that's why they can't use it. Somebody who? Do we know? Is it just, like, some random company or something? Probably. So why could they use it in NXT but not on the main roster? Just because it's big more eyes and yeah, there's less eyes. National, whatever. Yeah. Oh, but um, and one more thing because it's like related to the Bruno thing, and I kind of got into it of the group, and it's it's just I know why people are like you know with Bruno passing away. Like I was able to go to the Hall of Fame and seeing that, like you guys said, you know. Basically, you don't want to throw throw around the word hero, but if you're going to use one, it's him. Because I really heard, like, bad stories about him. He always came up like a straight-up stand-up guy and, like, honestness up front. So I get the whole kind of, like, you know, you want to protect your heroes and stuff. But this whole we going to get on Dave Meltzer because he told the truth thing. Like, why can't we wait three weeks? It's like, he didn't slander Bruno. He didn't slander the man. Not even close. yeah, it's not like he came out and said, you know, you know, Bruno was really a white beater, so let's bring that up. It's like, no, he's fixing a lie that other people have related to him that has nothing to do with how great Bruno San Martino is. And he's doing it today because people pay attention today. They're not going to – two, three weeks from now, people are not going to care. A month from now, people are not going to care. And to compare it to Hogan being a bigot, it's like – like, no. Like, hey, if Hogan dies, you yeah. can call him racist piece of shit all you want. Like, well, yeah, we'll do that when he's alive, when he's dead, when, you know, because that's, because again, it's like, it's true. But not only was the, the attendance thing or sellout stat that Bruna, or that Dave said uh, true, it was so benign. I thought yeah. it was just like, are you just upset because it's not, Glowing, 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 uh, whatever, all these happy. Now, Cam, I know you had some, I think you have a, a different take. I, I think me and Shy are kind of on the same page here. You have a, a different take on uh, on Meltzer, it was maybe simply, his timing. 
like, it was simply like, why now? And then, you know, Rich was immediately like, well, he's, or, or I think it was uh, Shahid was just like, well, he's just responding to what people are saying right now. And I was like, as soon as I said that, I was like, okay, I get it. I didn't. And it's like, I didn't understand now? the context, and when I got the context, I was like, okay, that's. And it's like that's that. And you know why I like the why now thing? It's kind of like people, people paying attention right now, and people can always say, "Why don't you wait two weeks?" It's like we saw what happened Ultimate Warrior. Like they Ultimate yeah. Warrior did like, a whole bunch of crappy things. Like, oh, let's let it slide, and now you know we just let it slide. And it's like we got a. We war gave Ultimate like, Warrior a couple of days to pretend he's a good person. Can we give Bruno the same? Nobody's saying Bruno's not a good person. <laughs> We're yeah. talking about a building in attendance or whatever the, the thing was. Nothing to do with a character assessment or a judgment uh, analysis of his personality or character. It's simply, hey, this number isn't that number. And if that makes you feel like they're disrespecting Bruno and or his legacy in some way, I really don't know what to say, and I I, I I stayed out of it. I stayed out of it on on Twitter. I wanted to say something in the in the in the group in the Facebook group, but you kind of said, you know, when you said your thing, Shahid, I was like, oh well, you know, there's no need for me to, you know, basically repeat the same thing. And I just was like, this is why are people being so sensitive with this? Like of all of all the things. Um, to to say no, this this number is inflated. It's like uh, you know when Hogan dies or when Andre died, and people said, "Eh, that really wasn't ninety three thousand people in the Silverdome." That's not disrespecting Hogan or, or Andre. It's just saying WWE lied and exaggerated that number. Yeah, and, why, like, and, said, imagine, and then Dave said, "Yeah, people are reporting on it, so that's the only reason I'm." That's, that's what it was. I'm, uh, yeah. like you said, he was responding. Like I'm only saying it because the yeah. mainstream media are saying this, and I'm like, no, that's that's actually not true. Like, you know yeah. what the biggest issue is? It's like wrestling is yeah. a sport built off lies. Because if this was any other sport, like imagine Barry Bonds died. Like, oh, you know, Barry Bonds, he hit 975 home runs. And we just let that slide. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Trey Wingo oh. would be the first person to be like, uh, nope, here's the box score or whatever, stat yeah. line. That's just wrong. And nobody would be like, hey, Trey Wingo, that's disrespectful to Barry Bonds. They'd be like, well, hey, actually, it's disrespectful to baseball history to say he hit 975 home runs when he only hit, you know, whatever, 802 or whatever his actual yeah. number is. It's yeah. Like, Dave's job is to be a historian because it's like, it's too many. He ain't built after. It's too many people that just want to go with the flow and, like, yeah, you know, Ric Flair 116. We know he ain't 116, but it's like, we just accepted that number. It's like, we can't have it both ways where we want to know the truth behind the BS until somebody tells the truth and then we get our feelings hurt. And not only that, who, why, why are we doing this song? Like, who are we doing this performance for? Like, I've made the joke to Ken, like, I feel like, I felt like being that group, like, why are we standing on ceremony? You want to feel bad for Bruno San Martino to a group like for, for what? You think Bruno would have cared if somebody told the truth about him? Like honestly, <laughs> and that's you think they would him? Yeah, yeah. Like Dave actually knew him, was friends with him. Like he can say something like that, and he wasn't slandering the man. He's trying to cut the BS surrounding him because it's too many times we got too many BS stories. Like we've been arguing how many years about this whole silver don't thing. How many times we hear about Hulk Hogan? Yeah, Andre was. He went from 500 pounds, 800 pounds. 700 pounds. Him over he's my head. Three damn, he's gonna be three damn. He's gonna be three tons by the time Hogan dies. 
and we just like go with it. They're going big. It's going to be Meltzer with the actual tail of the tape with a with a with a screenshot of the scale and it says no, he was four four eighty or, or or whatever, and he and he'll be right. And then the go and the whole oh he's on the spectrum and he's addicted to Twitter like. Wow, that says more about you people, you guys saying this. Like, you just really don't – like, you don't like Meltzer. That's what it comes down to. You found you, – you, you're getting out – you're getting outraged because you personally don't like this man. It's not because what he said is true or false because it's demonstratively true. You just don't like him, so you, you attack something that you feel can – An opening, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that's what it was. Like this, and look, this furthers why I don't like this guy when it's not really a thing. Yeah, yeah. And look at the people doing. It. Like, imagine how you gonna be a social maladroit trying to call somebody else about? Oh, whoa, he's out from the spectrum. Like, look at the source. Like, it's. I wanted to do the whole thing. Like, you know, it kind of takes one to know one, but it's like I didn't want to start that much. Like, I, it's only so much I want to start on a day off. So it's kind of like. Y'all, I'm like, y'all need to really look in the mirror. This whole, all the time, we do the whole well actually thing when it's something that we like or something we don't like. It's like, oh, well, you know that ain't the truth. And we ain't got no problem doing that. But all of a sudden, somebody from the position you want to be in, because a lot of that hate comes in, they don't like Meltzer because they wish they were Dave Meltzer. And they're mad that they're not Dave Meltzer. And it's like, you know, how dare somebody that's in my spot that I should have if I only got the chance to work hard say something that bothers me. I'm going to disrespect. I'm like, all these social misfits that's running around on wrestling Twitter, and they want to throw rocks and like a glass house on a glass toilet. Like y'all got some goddamn nerve. Like seriously, like like really look, really look at yourself and see what you're saying and why you're saying it. And if the answer isn't anything beyond I'm petty and spiteful and I'm jealous, you need to shut the hell up. Like be honest with yourself. Huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think so. that's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, on that Thank note, you, you guys enjoy the rest of the show, yeah. and, you know, I'll be listening. All right, man. Cool, man. Have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we uh, I think we all set our piece on that. Let's uh, keep it rolling. Let's, you know what? Let's do one of these uh, non-VIP emails. Run right out of the way before I... Uh, Uh, Jabron, he chimes in from Vegas. Uh, what up, fellas? We've got uh, three questions for y'all this week. Is Mauro Ronaldo the first commentator to work for multiple companies at the same time and not only work just for WWE? I ask because I forgot he also calls boxing and MMA. I heard him call the Bellator fight that was on this past Friday night. I couldn't say for sure, but I think there's a very good uh, – I think that's it's a good assumption to make. Now, announcers over the years. Now, unless you're going back to like way b- back yeah. in the day when you know announcers were were not tra- you know really tra- it was more of a regional thing. They were local, New York or DC or Pittsburgh guys. So they obviously had uh, regular nine to five jobs during the week. They also called wrestling on the weekend. But in the modern, you know, last 20, 25 years, you know, Jr. certainly, you know, I don't think he did, you know, 
another announcing job, let alone two other announcing jobs. Uh, King, for sure. You know, I just don't think uh, think he might be. On In the sense of I can literally turn the channel and maybe hear him on one channel and another at the, on the same day, then yes. Like, because, you know, I mean, you have JR who, um, I mean, while JR is working for, for New Japan, he can do like a one-off for me or whatever. That's like a special guest thing, but on a national level, yes, because Marlowe's really was brought in because of his level of credibility outside of that. And so, you know, he has to deal with Showtime to where he calls their events and also does the thing with WWE. He's kind of the pioneer of it on at least the national level because he's the only one who could do it because of his credibility outside that he began with. Like, nobody else was, I'm sure there's somebody in history who's worked for either multiple wrestling promotions or did a boxing match for their local station and a wrestling event for their local station. Um, but as far as what we could identify in, in this level, then yes, it, it's him and just him. Yeah, he's, I, I think, in a uh, in a class of his own uh, because, again, it's the level. He's doing big-time stuff. He's calling big-time MMA. No matter what you think of Bellator, it's big-time mixed martial arts. It's an international brand. Um, and then he does uh, he does um, boxing stuff. I, I mean, I was caught off guard. Say it again. I said, yeah, he's calling the top boxing matches in the world. Yeah, at this point, I was caught off guard one day, just randomly watching a, uh, you know, or not even watching because I don't watch boxing, but it was on somewhere. <laughs> that sounds like Mauro Ronaldo, and then I watched long enough, and then they. They, uh, between bouts, showed him on camera. It's like, holy crap. This, And I think this was during his first uh, run before his uh, first run in with JBL a year or so ago. Um, yeah, Ronaldo Morrow's in a, in, a, in a class of his own. Uh, number two from Gibran. After the shakeup this week, do y'all see anyone being released from their contracts after the shakeup is all done? Yeah, I said on Monday, uh, <laughs> you know, guys like Guys like um, Curtis Hawk, Kurt Hawkins should probably, uh, you know, be prepared to to get that phone call. Uh, oh, we forgot uh, the Miz Taraj, or maybe they'll just go by the Taraj. I don't know what they'll name them. They'll have some. Maybe they'll get a a, a push in in that tag division. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see some folks like, you know, does Alicia Fox survive this round because she's just, you know, she's hurt now, so maybe maybe not. They, they typically don't, I don't know what they typically do, but I don't think they usually release people when they're injured. But we haven't seen her in a while because she's been injured, and even when she was around, it wasn't like she was doing tremendous work. She's never done, like, tremendous work. Um, and she had the run-in with Rousey's husband at Mania Weekend. Um, I don't know how 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 that bodes for her career, but yes, I definitely yeah, you gotta you gotta subtract somewhere. It's only it's you know, man, numbers. You know the worst thing that can happen to um 
an employed minority in a large company, you know the worst thing that can actually happen to them? Diversity. It's the worst thing that can happen to them. Like, and I'm, I'm sure... Well, when you're Fox not seen as special was, anymore? When, when Alicia Fox, who is who has had some entertaining moments, especially in the last couple of years, who keeps herself in great shape, has a great look, is athletic, regardless of her actual wrestling acumen, all of a sudden there's Ember Moon, who is years younger and light years ahead as far as a worker, who has a unique look that nobody else has, and it's probably like, I can't say it's directly going to lead to her losing her job, but it has to kind of put you on edge, you know? Um, I, that, that's, that is somebody who I'd be like, well, I don't know how uh, well this is going to go. Like, I feel like he's later going to have a job for life. <laughs> he just is. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's – like, I feel like they might keep him around just long Ryder. enough to be like, we're going to put – we're going to put 3MB on camera together just to do it. Like, he might be around for six months just to get that moment. Don't do it. And, you know, his um, – uh, I think it, it was yeah. – Somebody, maybe it was Sean uh, that that tweeted like, "Oh, they, you know, he was super excited." I'm like, and it was like no, "No, they should Stop. absolutely not have these have these guys on camera at the same time." Which means next week on Raw, we'll get a backstage sketch and a match. You know, mm-hmm. so like that's, that's our truth clearly has a job for life. Like he just does. He's not going anywhere. You know, the Ascension got moved brands, and so you feel like they're not going anywhere. Um. I don't know. With, with you know, they took people off of NXT. They had their cuts a month and a half, two months ago. Um, so it would be hard for me to say. Like I, I could see an Alicia Fox, but I feel like they're going to be probably slower to release women at, at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I would say my, my well, man. Well, they need grand, they, they need enhancement folks, because yeah. when Mandy Rose fought, uh, uh, wrestled um, Natalia on Monday and lost, I was like, why didn't they just have uh, put, a, put a jobber woman in that spot and give Mandy a win and then do an angle yeah. or whatever they were going to do after? Like, it, I thought it was so counterproductive to have uh, uh, Natty come over and then just uh, right away beat Mandy Rose in pretty quick fashion. So, so they need enhancement, enhancement women, and that's where like an Alicia Fox uh, uh, could, could come in. Like, she could have definitely, yeah, if she was on, you know, healthy and on the roster, she could have done that job for for Mandy Rose or for for anyone else. I think the work that so, but you might have does for them outside of the ring is just like it's too valuable for them to let a guy like him go. Um, I don't know. Like I, I maybe a Dana Brooke. Like I'm just thinking about who's not utilized to the point where you could see them leaving. It's really difficult for me right now, especially like, I can't see anybody who got moved being released. Like Zack Ryder got moved, <laughs> you know. Like they they filmed the whole thing. Like sorry, he's not going anywhere. Um, okay, I didn't. You I know, didn't, I must have, was that like in the yeah, after it was, it was, thing that they released on? I Twitter think it was literally via Twitter. I think it was on Twitter, like him backstage. Next to a raw sign, like yeah. So yeah, yeah. I saw Mojo yeah. Raleigh. Uh, he's on raw now. Mm-hmm. But no, I um I do have to go. But have a great right. rest of the show. Um, and we will catch up. Cool. Talk to you later. 
And uh, number three from Gibran was, is it true that Cena could be gone for a year doing other things? Uh, if he's gone for that long, how different do you think the crowd will be towards him uh, when he does return? I th- uh, a year? If Cena doesn't show up until, and now it depends, if it's, you know, next February or next April, you know, is it? 11 months from now, 10 months from now, or is it 13 months from now? Because if he shows up and they put him, they do stuff with him with WrestleMania, business-wise and all that stuff, it makes a lot of sense. But fans, you know, don't care about that. They they care about, about you know, where you've been and how do you just show up and take a guy's spot at Mania, especially after saying the stuff you did this year about how he didn't want to be in the Andre Battle Royal or be in, make a, make a, triple threat a, a four-way or a four-way a five-way because it's taking somebody's spot so if he comes back this time next year say cena is a surprise in the superstar shakeup 2019 i think he gets a giant reaction i think people are happy to see him i think people that are that are that are uh inclined to boo him are happy to see him because oh wow cena's back holy crap we haven't seen him in 12 15 months and and I and I think it's uh I think it's all good. I think he gets a positive reaction. Um uh, I think he'd still get a positive reaction if he came back and you know, at the rumble or something and I don't know about winning the rumble but was in the rumble and then clearly gonna be in the mix for, for WrestleMania. Um there's there's just you know, you just wanna worry a little or not worry, but you just be uh cognizant of the possibilities. All right, so appreciate that email, Jabron. <clears throat> Let's uh, keep things moving. Let's uh, talk to Kylan in Newark, New Jersey. Kylan, what's what going on? on, man? Not, not much, Travis. How are you? How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing okay. What's on your mind? That's great. Uh, let's see. I have a couple names for you. First of all, for I believe the first time ever, the powers that be at WWE have allowed. WWE Network Programming to compete against itself because as I understand it in a few minutes at 8 Eastern not only will we have NXT on the regular live stream of the WWE Network schedule, but also at 8 o'clock in the original section of the WWE Network on demand, we will have the first episode of the video version of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. 
Is is Conrad a part of it? Because they haven't I haven't heard his yeah. name or seen his name in any of the advertisements. Is it because yeah. I guess it's because he's not a name that that mainstream wrestling fans maybe would know. Uh, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I don't look. I don't. I don't see. I mean, it's programming against themselves, but I don't. Uh, I don't see the the wrestling, the, the Conrad or the, the Pritchard show taking away from anybody watching NXT because NXT is on live. It's what people that are that, that at eight o'clock, seven central, you know, no NXT is on. They want to watch it. They're not going to go. Well, I'm going to miss NXT to watch something that I could watch at any time, even though they could watch NXT at any time. But that's the timely wrestling show, not a podcast by, you know, kind of a, you know, has been, you know, guy. So I don't don't see that at all as any kind of issue. I I know, but I I was just giving out the info. Uh, and also, uh, Bruce Bruce Pritchard himself says that he when when WWE approached him about doing the network version of something to wrestle with, he asked the the head of the network, whether anyone in the company listens to the show because they are very uh, uncensored and use a lot of language. And and they said, the person said, yes, we do, and we want you to stay the same. And Bruce says... There are only two subjects that he and Conrad will not be talking about, and that's because they don't want to, and those two subjects are the 1992 Pat Patterson-Tom Cole ring crew scandal and the Chris Benoit Murder, suicide. Okay. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they could say we're in the, oh, there are only three things we're going to talk about. Yeah, again, like uh, like Brad and uh, or I'm sorry, Britain. Uh, what's his face said on the Katie Vick as a live alive podcast. They're not going to talk. They're not going to say Dave Meltzer's name in any kind of you know. They're not going to talk about Wade Keller. Like, what did he say? He said they're not going to talk about. Dave Meltzer, that's half their gimmick, and they're not going to talk about Wade Keller, and that's the other half of their gimmick. I don't listen to their show, so I I, I don't know how uh, accurate those claims are, but that's not going to – they're not going to give those guys any publicity, even in a negative way, like, which that's how they talk about them, is it, you know. They're just not going to give people – yeah, uh, so, so we'll see. It'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Is this going to be a weekly show, Kylan? Do you know? Um, I I don't necessarily. I I've I've heard two floating theories, which means maybe Bruce and Conrad don't even. I 
I heard that this is either going to be a a daily thing where one is released every day until the first 13 are done, or it could be a weekly thing where it's released every Wednesday, I guess, at the same time, but I haven't heard. It'll be interesting after, you know, four or six episodes, uh, what they... what what they're able either able to say or what they're willing to say. Yeah, so uh, uh, oh, it'll be something uh, that um, that I'll I'll I'll, I'll anticipate because I'm sure you'll watch the show or, or yeah yeah it's a visual uh, thing. And by the uh, way, the reason yeah. that that they were placed in the in the on demand original section is because they were told they can use as much quote unquote yeah. bad same thing with the cartoon yeah. as they like the cartoon camp WWE is never on live live it's never on the live feed it's always on demand because they don't want you know kids or anybody that's going to be offended by language or, or, or adult themes to, you know, you got to search that stuff out. So. And that's understandable. So, cool. Anything uh, anything else on your mind, Kyla? My, my question for this week, or first one, is, and it's too bad. Cam's not here to answer this, but with with Jeff Hardy now now being the United States champion and defeating Jinder Mahal on Monday, could Jeff have wrestled Jinder Mahal for the U.S. final and won as a test for a potential another run with a world title in a year or two, let's say. I think everything's a test. So, in a a loose sense, yeah, probably. So, I mean, that's really just my quick answer. Like, yeah, every every everything's a test. They're always being tested. That's not uh, anything that should like, surprise you. What? And 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 the reason why I asked the question is because uh, if you'll remember, a couple weeks ago, Cam pretty much told me it it was kind of silly to assume that Jeff would ever be placed in that kind of a role again, considering his history and the type of trouble he, he's gotten himself That he's coming, coming off of just a month ago. So, yeah, that's, a, that's the surprising part. Um, do they give 
I can't imagine they have gender win. Oh, well, see, that's that's how they'll flip it because they'll have, I guess, Joe win the IC title and in, in Saudi Arabia, but they'll have Jinder Mahal beat Jeff Hardy. So people stay on uh, – so Jeff stays on SmackDown and Joe stays on SmackDown, but the U.S. title will go, go to Raw and the, and the IC title will go to SmackDown because I thought – Seth was coming was coming over to to SmackDown because that's you know when they do the title flip that's how they do it. Uh, but this was might have been a creative way just to kind of uh, just to kind of uh, throw a, throw a wrench into what what became maybe a little predictable. So so yeah so I predict Ender wins the U.S. title goes back to Raw and Joe beats. Uh, uh, beat Seth, but coming off that foot, you know that plantar fascia. We'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's the uh, it's going to be interesting that the results of that of that Saudi Arabia show. I don't know if the show itself will be good, uh, but the results and the finishes will definitely be uh, be worth checking out. And my second question. Quickly is with the uh, with the death of Bruno San Martino generating a great deal of mainstream press across several different outlets. What other wrestlers besides? Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan, do you see being able to generate this kind of press if health problems or other things cause their untimely passing? Yeah, and I appreciate the call, Kylan, as always. I think Piper and Dusty Rhodes got similar. If possibly more, because because a younger audience knows grew up with them. We, you know, I didn't grow up with Bruno, but I certainly grew up with Piper and Dusty. Uh, so you just have a different younger demo that knew about Dusty and Piper. So if you know, so so I would say we already we already had to uh, that 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 got that type of press, if not more. Um, but current guys that are still alive, that if you know, obviously, I mean, not just because of their star power, but because it, they'd be so young. It's anybody that was in like you know, Rock and Austin and Triple H, and you know, yeah, that that would be, that would generate a ton of uh, interest in and in, in mainstream uh, stories because, because again, they're so young. Uh, but like retired folks. I don't know if there are a ton left that would get that kind of, you know, like Ricky Steamboat, I don't think would. You know, the the ones that would are are gone. Except Flair and you and, and Hogan and you uh and you uh qualified with except those two. You know, so we got, you know, Macho, we got Piper, we got Dusty and I think those are the three. And I'm probably missing missing some, but uh none jump out. And it's not something I really want to think about. Like, oh, who, who could die tomorrow and we get, you know, get a bunch of mainstream press coverage. So, 
Let's uh, keep things moving. And let's uh, let's go to New York and talk to Mike. Mike in Brooklyn, what's going on? What up? Trap Lord, what's up, man? What's happening, Mike? Yeah, I missed you last week. I had to hang up because we had a fucking emergency beat. That's right here in North End. I mean, very heightened. It's like, you know, so so far to see this. You know, y'all hit most of the bullet points, I think. You know, the superstar plans, I think the came off, you know, very well in favor of SmackDown. You know, but also I think, you know, I think more is stacked up too. I think this is the first time in a long time you got three brands. I mean, I know, you know, back in the early 2000s, all that, you know, ECW, WCW, those two different things. It was, you know, the same entity where you got three healthy, you know, brands. That being Raw, SmackDown, and um, NXT, because they got yeah. a plethora of dudes down there too. Then you got TNA. Now, like I said, I don't know if you, you know how, how close you've been paying attention to a uh, trap, but um, they've been they've been on a come up like for the past you know little while. They you know got the whole past. So I say like right now, the whole you know industry as a whole is on the up. You know, it is like the fucking combination plus the you know main fencing. The shit that they pull off is just ridiculous right now. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like I see somewhere down the line, like towards the end of the year, because to me, like off the rip, it's just based off of the promo that he cut last night. I don't see why Joe. Ain't the top hill on SmackDown. Like, well, that far. foot. I mean, uh, you got to keep that foot. This isn't like, uh, you know, a bone or or even a ligament tear or a muscle tear. Like, that plantar fascia, man, that, that shit ain't no joke. And because of the yeah. position where it is on your body, it's hard to, you know, work around it. You can work around the shoulder. You can work around, you know, an elbow or any upper body kind of thing. You could even work around a knee in, a, in certain instances. But that 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 plantar fascia, man, woo boy, I tell you, it's not nothing to be, be to be messing with, especially when you're, you know, 270 pounds. Exactly. Um, so so if anything, that would be uh, so barring. Any any injury or any further any further exaggeration of that injury, um, you know, I think Joe can be or should be the top heel on SmackDown, or it's definitely one of them. I mean, Nakamura is is, is right there. Yeah, I mean, like it's just so healthy and loaded. Like, I mean, I'm excited on like what they going what they could do. You know, now it's all with the booking. Then you got my boy Andrade. Like to me, like off the rip, this like this is just wishful thinking. Like he should just be like instantly put into a feud with Jeff Hardy. If Hardy, you know, is going to keep the U.S. title and win it from, 
and have Hardy chase him. I hear you, Mike. Yeah, man, like, it's, you know, just crazy. And in light of everything, I think they should just, you know, I think they should rep up, you know, Gallows and Anderson now that they're all baby faces. I don't see why, you know what I mean, that's just wasted money. Put them back together with AJ. Let them be the club. Let them be the top, you know, baby face team. And let them go after, like, uh, you know, what's those cats the blood and brothers. Let them do that thing. Like, I mean, like, it's just so crazy. They got a lot of, like, combinations they can go. Like, it's just it's just ill. And it's like, all right, now let's see, you know, what happens. There's a lot of places they could go with a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't yeah. know. Let's just see. Yeah, it's, uh, and, the potential um, is, is, is really off the charts right now for SmackDown. I mean, just... I mean, we could just be sitting here in six months like, wait, what the hell? I mean, remember, remember, we thought Charlotte coming over. I mean, if if, if last year, and then it's, it wasn't until the end of the summer, basically, when they started, like, revving her up. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, because of the TV deal coming up, they want SmackDown to be, you know, bless you, they want SmackDown to be strong. All kinds of st- all kinds of reasons that I don't think uh, SmackDown is going to get like forgotten about, or 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 I think they're going to they're going to utilize the talent that they got in in really good ways. Um, I hope there's a creative change or philosophy change in the SmackDown creative that goes along with all this influx of of of, of, of new talent. Um, It'd be nice if they go back to whoever was in charge before or get Brian James the hell out of there or give him less responsibility as far as the creative goes. Um, but on paper, the day of or the week after the uh, the shake-up, yeah, uh, yeah. It could, uh, the potential is... is, is uh, is there for sure. And did you hear about this whole Saudi Arabia, this, this, this Jetta thing? And, like, I heard something to the effect of, I don't know, maybe Rich might be able to clean me up on it, but I heard something to the effect of, like, you can't get in without a, you know, without a woman or something like that. Like, if you want, like, luxury seats, like, you can only, um, you know, buy a ticket for a section, and they'll direct you to what seat, you know, what seat you um can sit in. Because I heard like all the, you know, main seats, good seats, floor seats, or whatever, are for like you know all the Turks and their friends and families and things of that, you know, nature. Like it's, I don't know. Like the more and more like it goes on and it comes out, it just seems like a straight-under-the-table money-grab situation. That's how I look at it. Like yeah, I hadn't heard anything as far as tickets and where you can sit. And I didn't hear any of that. I don't... Uh, yeah. yeah I'm that stuff. Yeah, I Wait a second. How do we... Would... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish huh? your thought. No, Melton reported, reported that this morning. I don't know, you know, how, um, like, if I, you know, probably 
botch some of the, you know, words up to it, but it's something to that degree of that effect. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, they've, you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, they 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 do things differently over there, for sure. Um, it's uh, it's. I'm not going to say it's a surprise that they're that they're running an event over there. It's a surprise that they're running an event that they're promoting so heavily, and are going to air. On the uh, on the network live, so that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's some ill shit right there. That's definitely is. And like, you know, not to piggyback off, but just to you know add on to what y'all was talking about, you know, earlier as far as like you know people trolling Dave and and everybody's opinions on you know what he might have had to say about Bruno, like. Like everybody says, like this fucking guy is Bruno's friend. Like he knew Bruno, and for, I was fortunate enough at the age of eleven to have you know my father had took you know taking me to meet Bruno, and this was back in okay. the day at one of the old John Arezzi, you know conventions. I believe it was at, um, I think either, I'm not sure, like LNS Comics or, or like some bowling some bowling lane, I'm not sure, I don't remember, you know, exactly where it was at, I just remember meeting Bruno and how, you know, how firm his handshake was and how nice and genuine, you know, how genuine he was, because I had, you know, meeting a couple of wrestlers, you know, after shows, you know, at Madison Square Garden, because, you know, you usually wait for the side entrance or whatever, you know, to wait for, you know, certain guys to come out. And I can remember vividly, and this is a true story on my father's grave. I remember vividly. This is when Harley Race was the king. You know, they had King Harley Race. And, you know, not for nothing, he just, you know, we was calling his name out to try to get an autograph, and he just walked right past us. Like, he didn't even see us. You know? And then... You know, like as a little and kid, Bruno was opposite. polar opposite. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice guy. Gorilla Monsoon, the same. Howard Finkel, the same. Like, I still have their autographs, you know, if I could find it, framed somewhere in the old picture frame on the program from 87. I'll never forget it. It was uh, One Man Gang and Hogan on, on top. And Honky okay. and Randy Savage. Those were the two main events. But yeah, you know, sleeping peace, Bruno, and all that. Like, I'm just curious to know, like, you know, what's what's your feel on that show next week, and like, will you watch it, or you know, will you be interested in um, seeing it? I mean, I might look at it later on the bed, but I, I, just, I don't know. Argument. I mean, it's I don't know if there, you know, two not enough hours in the day, kind of thing. Do I, 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 I'm more interested in the results than watching. I, I really have an issue with the whole watering down the Royal Rumble. Like to, to me, that's a problem. And then, not only watering down the Rumble that we get every year, calling this thing the greatest Royal Rumble. You know, and, and how long is this show going to be? If we got to have a Royal Rumble, which is usually an hour, ch- you know, chunk an hour out, or is it? 
do they fit 50 in in an hour so people are coming out every minute instead of every two minutes or 90 seconds? Uh, it's just it, it just seems again if this was something that they just had and they didn't promote the hell out of it like they're doing, you know whatever do who cares? You know that's that's fine, but to show it on the network to have so much hype going into it. That's the part that I don't I don't understand. You know, like why well, are you this so thing much has, Yeah, this thing has ten matches. Yeah. And 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 a fifty man Royal Rumble. That's absurd. Ridiculous. You're supposed to sit there and watch a four hour like Saudi Arabia house show? So I'm more interested in the results. The fact that it's on at uh noon on a Friday, I'll be working. I'll be in my in my truck. So, uh, you know, I probably won't watch live unless something, you know, maybe maybe I'll just throw it on in, my, in in the truck and just have it on, and you know, that's how I how I keep up with it. But I'm more. I'll probably just go online at three or four and then just read the results, or I'll wait for that tweet to come through from Wade or. Dave or whoever that got results, and I'll just see who won. And I, and I, and I think uh, because I think the only title that's going to change hands is the oh, Mike dropped off is the U.S. title and the IC title. I, I think there's a chance gender gender beats Jeff and Joe beats Seth. So we'll uh, we'll see. So, all right, let's uh, read one of these, another one of these emails. Uh, And just a friendly reminder, uh, if you are sending in an email, just unless you're just firmly entrenched as a regular and I just without a doubt know you're VIP or non-VIP, make sure you put somewhere in the subject line – VIP or, or non-VIP, so I know when to uh, read your email. Uh, so just, uh, I'm just assume LaMarcus is non-VIP. Uh, so LaMarcus chimes in, hey, Trav, I just want to point out where Vince, Ru- where Vince ruined Roman. So he's going to pinpoint. Okay, so NXT is coming on, and they did the uh, – not that I didn't think they would, but I wasn't sure if NXT would. They did the, you know, in memory Bruno thing before before the show, so we don't have to wait till Raw <clears throat> Raw on Monday to see that. Uh, so he goes, Lamarcus goes. Remember the week after Seth turned on the Shield and joined Triple H, Dean started feuding with Seth. Roman, on the other hand, started messing with Vicky or Steph to get into the world title picture. I think this was the same day he put something in Steph's drink and made her vomit on Vicky. And I believe he won a battle royal the week after to become the number one contender. Roman couldn't even be bothered with his brother turning on him. He was more concerned about being in the main event. I'm pretty certain if if either Reigns started feuding with Seth along with Dean or went into the mid-card first, he wouldn't be in this situation today. Maybe it's just me, 
Uh, but I prefer main eventers work their way up to the top, go from mid-card titles to world titles. The same go, same way Stone Cold, Rock, HBK, Triple H did. Hell, even Cena went from mid-card feuds and titles before he became the guy. Yeah, I, I agree, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, let's say you wouldn't put, you wouldn't make Ronda Rousey go through the women's mid-card and, Granted, there aren't mid-card titles for her to win in the women's division, but still, you wouldn't have her feud with, you know, Alicia Fox for two months and then, you know, feud with some, you know, some other mid-card chick. It's, uh, so, and not in every case, but gen, gen, generally, yes. Some people get shot to the top, and, then, and it works. Um, some don't. He continues. Reigns was in the main event of WrestleMania the year after the Shield broke up. In my opinion, people, including me, wouldn't be shitting on Roman if he wasn't so obvious if it wasn't so obvious he was positioned to be the guy following the Monday after the Shield broke up. If Vince had taken Reigns through the mid-card route and not so obviously pushed him, Roman would be in the would be the main eventer Vince wants him to be. Sorry for the long email, but that's the best way I could explain this. Thanks for your insight. Marcus from DC. Look, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's a logical a logical uh thought to have, a logical kind of uh it just makes sense. I don't remember it that way. I, I believe I believe you though. <laughs> you know, that Roman seemingly couldn't be bothered with Seth and went went right to trying to get in the main event. I don't know if that alone though is is what is what did it. Um, I think it's more if he because remember he wasn't really cutting promos. He was just yeah, and then yeah, doing silly stuff with Vicky, trying to get in the title picture. Uh, it, it, I think it's more of it's more his attitude. It's more or not his attitude. It's how he comes off that turns people off. Not necessarily where where he was positioned. It was his attitude, and then they looked and said, "This guy with this with this nonchalant attitude, with this entitled attitude, and then he's in the main event. If it had, if he was a if he was an arrogant, you know, entitled guy, babyface at that. But like you said, feuding with uh, uh, a mid card for a mid card title first. But I'm just trying to go back to 2014 and and remember what was going on. Yeah, yeah, Brian, you had some stuff that you could have, you didn't have to necessarily, I don't think, throw him in the main event. But again, I, I'm just not willing to hang my hat on that one one reason. It was a lot. The music, the gear, the the look, everything stayed the same. Everybody else changed. Seth, Dean, and Roman's. Roman stayed the same, kept the same gear, kept the music. He was, and then he was obvious, like you said, obviously the guy, the pick. If they went about that a little differently, or a lot differently, probably, um, he'd be the main event of Vince once it be. I just don't think it's that one thing. I don't think it's the the, the feuds with, the, or the non-feud with Seth, and then being in the main event of WrestleMania the next year. Um, because remember, in 2015, 
he how did he get So wait, 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 wait. The Rumble So they broke up June fourteen and you're saying he was in the main event the next year at thirty one in, in San Fran or in San uh Santa Clara. Did he win the Rumble? Was that the year he Yeah, that was Lesnar. That was the, 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 the Blizzard Rumble or the Blizzard Monday after the Rumble. Uh it must have been twenty fourteen when he was like second or third eliminated la uh, you know, it was like him, Rusev and who won that year? Was it who won in twenty fourteen? Oh, oh, Randy Orton. No, 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 Batista. That's right. That was the that was the year. I think if he won that Royal Rumble, but then you know everything changes. Uh, your, your 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 whole thing with the Authority and Batista and Orton and Triple H and Bryan. That was the Rumble for him to win. At least not for maybe not for him to win, but the crowd was behind him. But a year later, at that when he won in 2015 in 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 Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, yeah, they booed him out the building. And then in Santa Clara, it was the cash-in from Seth. And then Dallas for Triple H. And, yeah, yeah, and we all know what happened after that. But I, but I think uh, winning the Rumble in 2015, how he got to Lesnar, yeah, by then, by January 2015, it was, it was clear. People were done with him. People were – and it had probably had a lot to do with what you're talking about, LaMarcus – the non-feud with Seth, him not caring that the Shield broke up, and then the silly stuff he did to get into the main event. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, appreciate the email, uh, LaMarcus. Next time you email, again, just uh, let me know if this is the right part to read your email in non-VIP. And um, Rashad from Seattle, he says, uh, Evening, guys. First, let me state that I'm not mad at Samoa Joe moving uh, moving to SmackDown. But how am I supposed to believe there's a chance Joe can win the IC title at Saudi Arabia or even the Universal title at Backlash, meaning Brock beat, Roman beats Brock, when he's now on SmackDown full-time? Jeff Hardy just bought the U.S. title, bought over the U.S. title. Roman didn't move to SmackDown and or AJ didn't move to Raw. Uh, thanks for all the great insight and the work you do. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And I think, uh, oh, shit, Candice LeRae versus Alina Vega tonight. Wow. And I explained it earlier. And you probably, when uh, when I sp- explained it earlier, you probably went, oh, okay, that, that's how they can do it. Yeah, I, I think Joe beats Seth and gender beats, beats uh, Jeff Hardy. And that's how they do it. And then, obviously, Joe goes into the title match at Backlash against, well, if, if Brock, well, assuming Reigns wins, he goes into Backlash, it's uh, IC title versus, or champion versus champion, with the universal title being on the line. And maybe you just do a, uh, and they do maybe a non-finish or some kind of, DQ or whatever, but it's not, they don't have to resolve it because they are on different shows and Roman can move on and, and, and Joe could move on. 
He could be pissed that he didn't win the universal title, but then he gets, no, I can't do nothing about it now. I just have to defend this IC title or go after AJ. So I think that's how they get out of it. Appreciate the email. And, again, um, reminder to put uh, VIP or non-VIP in, your, in, your, uh, in the subject line or something. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. Oh, let's bring Mike back on. Uh, yeah, did you have anything else, Mike, before you uh, dropped? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you. All right, all right. Um, if you're on speaker, take it off speaker because I, I can't really understand you. We'll get closer you to you. Whatever you're doing. I mean, I can hear you. It's you just not the, the best. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. Not, like I said, I said I could see Lashley go. going here. Like yeah, yeah. I think that's. I, I, I think that's that's in the cards for Bobby. I think we'll get uh, we'll get uh, they'll just reestablish him for the next few weeks, and eventually they'll put him in a feud with somebody, uh, or he'll do something that somebody people care about. Because the money with Lashley that? is as a heel, as apparently because that's what he did so good in in his run in it on Impact. As the cocky uh, heel, it's, you know, he still got the headband and stuff. That's not. That's. I mean, it's hard to say uh, an article of clothing, especially a headband and assess an accessory, uh, is a heel thing. But <laughs> certainly, you know, I associate that headband with heel Bobby Lashley. Right. You know, and he would cut his promo and wink at people or do whatever he did. I think that's that's probably the 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 Bobby Lashley will get before Summer is out. I think by SummerSlam, he's the clear heel in his match at SummerSlam. And I don't what even if, think we have if, to wait until you know, the end of the year or anything. What if he became the new Paul Heyman guy? <sighs> I mean, sure. I think that dynamic could work. It also... I believe Bobby Roode is miscast. Like, they're going to have to yeah, do something. Yeah, he'll be healed soon, too. Yeah, I think he should be back to Robert And I predict Roode. he goes to Robert. Yeah. Because they can't have two Bobbies on the same roster. Now, Vince hates that. Vince hates mm-hmm. that. Especially You're after the, the match guy. on Monday and JoJo did the announcement, and your winners, and then she announced Bobby Lashley, Bobby Roode back-to-back. She didn't even split them up. She said their names back to back, and I think if they hadn't noticed yet, they certainly did when AJ made or when JoJo made that call. Yeah. So and not for nothing, be Robert Roode not and the heel, heel soon. And not the fret. I think Ziggler and McIntyre. I think they could make a fucking incredible team. Like giving time, you know, the jail and get the. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get the why they would. Uh, why would why would uh, Drew McIntyre align himself with um, with Dolph Ziggler? And, and it's and it's fine right now to not get because we've seen them for literally one show. We've seen they debut together. Now we need a promo. Now we need to hear yeah. from Drew McIntyre 
why he aligned himself with Dolph Ziggler. And it just needs to be something I'm, credible. It doesn't have to be uh, too over the top. Just, you know, yeah, whatever. I, mean, I can see them. And I said this them. Monday, him, him standing next to Ziggler, you realize like how big uh, uh, McIntyre is. Like not just tall because he's probably six four or so, but he's uh he's pretty thick. He's you know pretty damn jack. Yeah, like the shape he's in is, is fucking big. incredible, incredible. But like for starters, I would preferably see him and Ziggler running rough shot. You know, like on some maybe like new fabulous ones type shit for a little bit before they just stick him. You know, in the main event mix, and he's just quote unquote just a guy, you know what I mean? Because that's how I kind of felt like, I mean, like the mystique with Lashley, they got to keep, they, they can't just make him just a guy. And then that 10-man tag to me, him and Bobby Wu, all of them, they just felt like just, all of you know. Them. It was not, it, it's hard. Like we were talking about Rude's response to from the crowd. And I was like, he was one of 10 guys in that ring. You know, I know he was the mystery one, but there were 10 other people he's competing with. And right. I just didn't look, I, I can't look too deep, in, you know, in, in, in into that because it's 10 of y'all in there. Nobody was tremendously head and sh- shoulders above everybody else. Absolutely so, not. You're absolutely right. And man, but I just rather, fine. yeah, but I just rather they take their time with Drew this time around because he has it all. And not to mention, Drew, I believe, is younger than Roman. How? Oh, wait, he was like 20 he was in 03 when he his first yeah. run. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was a baby. Like, like you could see well, no, no, everything. No, 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 no. Even if he was 20, because I was 22, 23 when he showed up. So even if he's three years younger than me, four years, I'm 37. So even if he's 34, Roman's still thirty one. I don't I don't think he's younger than Roman. Yeah, but they you know, they're you know, almost running around the same, you know, bracket between him and Roman. Right. And I don't I don't hold if if it's if it's my like if I'm ticking the, the check boxes off, I'm not going, Oh, I'm picking this guy because he's three years younger. I do look at them as well, same age, same similar mileage. Probably not, I think I don't know. I mean I'd be interested in, in seeing. Uh, I bet Roman has has had more matches in the last four years than Drew McIntyre has has had. Like I don't know. Hold on. Open. Okay. Hello. No, nah, I was talking to my coworker. Yeah, I mean, like probably like on a larger scale, but I don't know. Remember, like Drew's been everywhere. Right. I'm just talking about the schedule. Roman Reigns is on the WWE main roster full-time schedule. He's wrestling three times a week, four times a week. Um, I don't know if Drew McIntyre has had that, has had to do that, which right. which would give Drew McIntyre the edge. I'm saying, as far as less mileage, especially if he's a few years older, if he's got less matches in the last five years, four or five years. So I I, I don't but know. I right. don't necessarily see those guys as equals, like pinning them. Woo! That, yo, every time I see that I that ricochet finisher, God damn! It's, it's, it's like, it's just a fucking thing of beauty. Like, 
to me, I believe NXT is in safe hands, especially with him. He'll be the champ somewhere down the line. Imagine him and Johnny. Hold Bunch. up, hold up. Him. Darrell makes a good point that Miz is also in that ladder match, and he could bring it to. I, I'm so yeah. confused. I didn't know. I didn't even know Joe was in the having the IC match, and now I'm finding out it's a ladder match. That's how much I don't care about this this Jetta show. Yeah, it's so, um, it's Miz Rollins. So Joe. that's a good point. Who is it? Miz Rollins, Joe. Um, who the hell else? Miz, Miz Rollins. Who? Who is thirty-two? Yeah. How? That, wait, that means he. He was like 17. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not... Okay, so... No. Drew McIntyre is not 32. Five years younger than me. In 03, I was 23. He was 18 when he was IC champion. Right. And me and you the same age, Trav. He was a kid. No wonder it didn't work out. Kid. No wonder Renee Dupree didn't, you know, flamed out and, you know, got on that main roster and went nuts. They were teenagers. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. And then and went then all over the world. A hellish, a hellish schedule in the Indies. So, you know, kind of goes against uh, the idea that he doesn't, that he has less mileage. So. Yeah, I mean bumps are bumps. <laughs> Whether you're taking them, you know, uh, you know, for two hundred people or you know, fifteen thousand. So yeah, he was he's he's but again, I don't, a lot. I don't Just compare a... those two. I don't I don't I don't look at Drew and Roman and see and and see them in the same vein. Not yet. Not after one appearance from Drew McIntyre. He's nah, to show see the more. thing. See the thing, and you hit on it. You hit on it two weeks in a row, Trav. The fucking man bun. Those those corny ass niggas, the corny ass setup, everything about them is is hellish. The stupid ass music, the he man vest, like it, it just gotta go. Time for it to go. To me, the tactical gear should shouldn't be brought out unless we are the shield together as a unit. Like y'all paying these CFO fuckers all this money to you know what I mean? Y'all done got Jim Johnson out of there to make like. They can't rap him a new a new fucking song. I don't get it. Uh, Roman Reigns, he's a big, big man, or he's the big dog. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just fucking tired of it. Him coming out with the fucking, you know, the the. I'm tired of it. It's like him with the wet Jerry girl. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, come on now. <laughs> now, if he comes out next week, uh, you know, with the with a different hairdo and the, you know, all that, you know, I'm 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 good. Yeah, it's just crazy. They need to do something different with him, man. Like, I mean, you know, he looks the part when he's dressed up with the, you know, with the Burberry and the Gucci scarves on and the, and the, and the, and the suits. You know what I mean? And then I look back, you know, because you was talking about it maybe a month ago. I look back on YouTube at you know, some of the older SCW stuff. Yeah, I'm like, come on now. Like, why, like, why, why wouldn't they go here? 
why would it go ahead? I mean, what has to be an eye-opener is for him to come out in front of that crowd next Friday and get booed out of the building. I mean, then somebody got to be like, all right, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Wardrobe change, like literally. Next week, just send them home, bring them back in a month or two, and repackage them. But they can't because they're going to put the title on them. And they first and foremost, they have too much money invested in this guy for the past four mm-hmm. years. Like they've invested millions of dollars probably into this guy. Yeah, but but the you thing know what is, you talk to any business, you talk to business people though, they'll tell you sometimes you gotta cut your losses. You can't be throwing good money after bad. No matter how much you go, oh, one day this investment is going to pay off. Yeah, well, what if it pays off and all you do is break even? Right. Like finally right. it pays off. Oh, they're the war raiders. They're not war machines. I wonder if this is a, another copyright uh a, 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 a patent not patent, but a copyright thing, trademark. Probably so by ROH. Yeah, I wonder. War raiders. I mean, either way. I mean we know who they are, they're still Hanson and Rose, so and I didn't know um, in real life Ray Rowe was dating um, Sarah Logan. Maybe you can teach her how to cut a promo. Mm. I'd have rather seen the yeah. City Bruiser. And, uh, I'm not a big fan of the War war, uh, war Raiders. Like, I've seen them in ROH, you know, a bunch. Or not a bunch, but, you know, a few times, you know, in my, in my watching of ROH. I mean, they're all right. That's how I feel about them. That's how I've always felt about them and Michael Elgin. Like, they're okay. Like, I don't get the, like, like, the hype, like, why people are so hyped for War Machine, War Raiders. I don't I don't get it. Like, they're good. I've seen them wrestle. They got some good, powerful uh, double-team moves and stuff like that. Who are they, who are they with... fighting? The new, new Deuce and Domino? Who are these guys? <laughs> What's going on? Deuce and Domino, wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bring back Cherry. That's all. That's, that's, that's the. That's the only reason. Right. What, whatever but, happened to her? Yeah, she's finding it a motherfucking boy. She fell off the face of the earth after the yeah, whole thing. She there. wasn't a wrestler for real. For real, she just. Nah, I would have thought that you know they would have kept on and you know might have made her put it with somebody you know. That's a you know. That's a little high on the totem. Just like I heard originally initial plans was with um, Dean Ambrose and AJ Lee that they were going to bring them in as like Mickey and Mallory. Who? Originally when they was um, thinking of what to do with uh, Ambrose. When he was originally and supposed AJ? to come. And AJ oh, you mean Lee? AJ Lee? Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they were supposed man. to bring them in like Mickey and Mary. They were the friggin' uh, what were they done? Natural born killers. Natural born killers. Whew. Oh, that would have that had just been money. Oh, that would have. Yeah, that might have been really good. Money, but I heard I I, I think somebody put the kibosh on it. And at last, but at last, but um, certainly not least, Trav. What's your take on the whole John Cena, Nikki Bella breakup debacle? Uh, 
because it's like. Um, let me go ahead and I'm gonna bring Rich into the conversation. Uh, Rich, what's happening? Not much. How are you guys? Doing all right. Uh, I I mean, it's one of those things where you know, <laughs> if you're shocked, then the only reason to be shocked is because they're engaged. So I never expected them to be in, to get engaged in the first place because he's always been, I'm not getting married again. It ain't the life I'm trying to live. And so when they got engaged last year at Mania, it was like, okay, that was a nice Mania moment, but we'll, we'll see where, where this goes. And we saw where it went. Right. I wonder what happened in the last two weeks, three weeks after, you know, she was like, I'll I'll dress up like Undertaker and lay down for him. You know, it's just it could have been just, you know, hey, late stages of the of the relationship, you're still trying to put on a brave face and you know, just not being close and them not being like tabloidy, you know, people aren't like snapping photos of them uh, or anything like that. They're not putting their relationship out there like that, except like Total Divas, but that's super controlled. Um, so it kind of well, came out of like nowhere. They're putting stuff on people. They're putting stuff in People Magazine. Like I saw yesterday, I guess Nikki leaked that he basically was treating her like it was a privilege to be engaged to him, and she was pushing back on it a little bit. So it like, depends on what you read now. Like, I think her camp is leaking like she broke up with him, and he's just like, we broke up, and you had until, like, today was the day by way of the contract that she had to get her crap out by Wow. I say in six months he'd be dating Amy Schumer or oh, one of his sister's on. co-stars. Oh, no, listen, Mike, he can't be going after Dolph Ziggler <laughs> twice in, like, a lifetime. He's got to have bigger ambitions. He has no swag, so, like, like it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't oh. shock me, like, it wouldn't shock me. He he don't he don't look like the type that can you know what I mean? Yeah, piggyback dude. <laughs> like his uh, whole career know, is based on somebody else. I mean I wouldn't go that far, Mike. I mean the dude did like when you look at what he was doing, he was more real when he was thugonomic Cena than when he yeah. kinda went into NFL draft pick, Cena. Right. You right. Became um, Flint from G.I. Joe. I was just listening to the, uh, what was it? If you look on YouTube, they got the Howard Stern show when he was talking about how, like, he brought two strippers home. He hit the 280 and I was like, wait. Yeah, and then he hit the two, he joined the two, two, 280 live club. <laughs> to me, I always look at him like I respect what he's done in the game and how long he's mm-hmm. held it down cleanly and all that, but to me, he'll always be the vanilla ice of the, of, of, of wrestling, to me. Wait a like, second. always bleed. Not to make it a, is much more than a one-hit wonder. I mean, come on. No, not, not, not even in terms of that. Like, not even okay. in terms of that. I'm, I'm say, saying in terms of being a... Features. Yeah, I'm saying in terms of being a culture vulture. Yo, who is this? Who's the white so uh, or, or the the, the, the light skinned velveteen? Oh man. Light 
Kona Re- oh, oh that's shit! That's the Hawaiian dude. Wow. Ooh, <laughs> I hope they don't. No, Kona Reeves. Oh. He's got his hair grown up. out. He's got a gold chain and a you know wide smile, and he's got the John Morrison uh, uh, wind through the hair thing going. Okay. So he did. Oh, he he debuts in two weeks. Mike, did you say anything huh. yet about? Um, did you say anything yet about Roman's chain? Huh? Oh, did that came up on about... Monday. Oh, okay. I, and I, and I pushed back. Like, how is wearing a chain a heelish thing? Like, when did that happen? When you wearing a chain like that, you look like you on Panama City Beach, and you look at the troll for freshmen. He scumbagging it up. Yeah, he he looked like a scumbag like that. Like they might as well just let him be a part. That's that's like of all the things. Like I'd love to be like, oh yeah, look at his sneaks, look at his hair, whatever. But like, well, the horseman wore jewelry. I think it was because Roman's not the type to wear. You don't see him. Oh, because the week before it was the watch. I'm like, when does wearing a watch make you a fucking heel? Hey, come on. He, he well, needs to know what time thing. it is. He needs to put it all together. Clock around like, his neck. He was over as a baby face for 25 test years. Driving, like, he's test driving heel accessories. He got to put the watch with the with the necklace and got the chain with the scarf. Man bun. Something. <laughs> like, yeah, get the, the man bun. Somebody needs to take that man. man bun too. Two weeks in it's a row. Like, dude, learn how to match your jury Swag cool. Learn how to match your jury up, man. Yeah. Go go go! Somebody take them to the G Star store. Take them to Century Twenty One. Yeah. Take them somewhere to go shopping, man. Like yeah. get you a good T-shirt. They don't even need like, to be nothing too like upscale. You don't even need to take them to like friggin' Emilio Pucci or nothing. Just put them in something nah. decent. Like yeah, get some nice get you slides, some nice loafers or something, and you know, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, some like Roman went to, not Roman so went to Coachella and left before Beyonce because he was like he didn't want to see it. Oh my God, that's a heel. Yeah. You know you in trouble when Shane McMahon got more swag than you. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it was just crazy, oh, man. Oh. It's just crazy. And back to Coach Vulture Cena. Like, like I said, I respect what he's done for 15, 16 years, but he ain't do nothing but still. From our culture, use it, and did what everybody else did. Moved on when he made See, that middle. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mike. I, Mike. At least he ain't go out and make no country record or nothing like that. Like he, he, he been, he's still been in it. And he's still at least been like not being a whole like Miley Cyrus about the thing. He was like a, yeah, I think mean, he's like a culture, a culture pigeon. Yeah. A culture crow. <laughs> Yeah, culture. I don't, I'm not. I'm the one that's yelling. Cultural appropriation doesn't exist. Like, it's like in most cases, it's bullshit. It's some new age, fucking SJW garbage. Okay, like, like, Uh-oh, is, like, on. like the entire genre of hip hop was culture was appropriating R and B drum, you know, drums and samples to make their music. 
But then you go, well, they didn't have. All they had was records and turntables. They had to make do. Okay. So I didn't, you know, it's just like everything that someone else gets from somebody else isn't necessarily like uh, 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 you're not appropriating the culture. It's like, oh, I, I, I like this. Were the Beatles culture of appropriating, um, you know, Indian culture when they started doing drugs in the late six, in the mid to late sixties, and started adding sitars and and stuff to their elements to Indian music elements to their stuff? Like, should they not have done that because they were four white guys from Britain? Like. No, they still, they made good music. Well, if you like the Beatles' music, they made they just made good music. And they were, in, what's wrong with being inspired by something? But there are levels to it. There are your Miley Cyruses, your fucking Post Malones that will use, not only use the culture or like the music, but the aesthetic. You know, Post Malone with his fucking fronts and his and his uh, braids and all that shit, but then turn around and be like, I'm not a rapper. I don't... Illegal younger brother. Right. Like, like there are levels to it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Absolutely not. It's all bullshit. But most of the time, it's bullshit. I hate cultural appropriation arguments. When people call them... My ears perk up like, eh, maybe you just don't like the music there. Like, I, I don't... I don't... Yeah. So... John Cena hit on a gimmick that was, at the time, very true to him. If he was fronting, if it was something that he was like, I'm just trying to make some money, I'm going to use this because this is what's hot. Like, that wasn't the yeah. case. He was freestyling in the back. Stephanie called wind of it and said, right. this is what you should do. Right. Right. This is what it's you should like do. He so he used that like gimmick to make money. Said, this is, look, if somebody looked at John Cena and was like, this is what you're going to be, this guy's going to write your write your freestyles, and you're going to do the yo 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 wear jerseys and a backward hat. Then yeah, he's appropriating the shit out of it. But it's him. It's the shit he grew up on. He's our age. He grew up in the in the '80s and '90s when when hip hop took over and dominated and all that stuff. Like so, to be mad that he enjoyed something that somebody else made, I think is super disingenuous. And I mean, I mean, no, 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 no. To the art that he's that to the art that he's. Uh, you know, that he did, that he appreciates. I mean, like, it's one thing. Like, I hear what you're saying, Trav, but I don't just mm-hmm. extend that to him. Like, he's having this discussion the other day. Like, just kicking it, smoking, kicking it. I feel like and he was a, he's a phenomenal MC, but I feel like Mace is a culture vulture, too. You know what I'm saying? Who? Oh, wow. Uh, the boy Mace. Yeah, I feel like he's a culture vulture, too, because, like, Mason Betha, Harlem World Mason Betha, yes. Because okay. it's like... Now, is this some New York shit? Is this some Brooklyn versus Harlem stuff that I... Nah, that not I even Brooklyn get. versus Harlem, just the shit that he okay. does, and, 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 and it's like, you know... He's not living the life that he's... He's not consistent. He like, he's not yeah. consistent with what he's saying and, and the shit that he's doing. It's like, you come in for a while. Then, you, you, yeah. I, mean, you I mean, you're back to a man of the claws. You come back for a while. Then you back to a man. It's like, make up your mind, bro. You know what Listen, I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to agree completely with Mike. Like, because his logic of it is basically uh-huh. live the life you, you claim you live in or you're a culture vulture. So it's not just a racial thing. Like, like yeah, Mace will be welcome back one minute and then got five F-bombs in the lyric the next. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then on top of that, go back to his congregation. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't understand yeah. it. 
And in terms of Cena, I'm not saying, oh, you know, he didn't enjoy or he didn't grow up listening to rap because I didn't grow up with Cena. You understand? Like, we ain't from Will. Yeah. We ain't, Will shit is. I'm saying in terms of, uh, you know, you got the, you know, you, you had the power to control your character and all that, or say so, not fully, but, you know, to have say so on what you're doing. It's like the more money you made, the more it's like, let me step to the left away from that. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that you well, had to be pigeonholed or stifle yourself. Too, but, you know, I, I push back a little bit because some of that was also, as he went higher and higher, they were moving further and further to PG. Right. Like, I would I mean, say, right. And also, in the movies now, if he could do what he was doing back then now, that John Cena would probably be university beloved because he would just be out here destroying fools. Right. But also the right. culture changed. Like we don't wear no, right. jerseys and baggy right. pants anymore. He would have eventually right. become like eventually he'd have been like this corny ass two mid two thousands ass. You know, like right. the kids don't dress like that, look like that. They certainly don't rap like that. So it was going. If you knew in 02, oh, this has a, a shelf life. It was just yeah, a matter he might have been of wearing two after that. Right, he might have been Listen. wearing metrosexual clothes and dyed his hair red and with a nose yeah. ring and wearing man purses. Let me find By out the way, no found out about like, trap music two years earlier if John Cena had kept going. Right. <laughs> Could you trap, imagine trap John Cena, Cena coming, out, coming out with a double cup, slurring his words, <laughs> with a handful, a mouthful of Xanax? <laughs> What I'm getting at too, they should just let dude. I got some scissors. They should just let dude be him. If he want to wear the man bun, let him be that role. If he want to come out with the Jerry on, show his show his ice and front end and this, that, and the third, let him be that role. But just take him out of that ridiculous ass he man vest and 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 change that music. Like that's killing. That killed the guy. You know what I mean? And then like the the harping back to it. Authors of pain wear the black jackets to the ring. You know what they do as soon as they get ready? They take them off. They take them off and they come in and kill. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and also, like, and and, and I credit this to Wade because Wade was one of the first people that picked up on it. Like, to me, I believe what's name killed them too. Like, before they seen them coming. When Punk dropped that interview, that Thanksgiving, and it was like, Make Liotti look good. Make Liotti look good. I believe that kid. That that was it. That was it. Call him. Um, I think his name is uh, uh Liotti Joe. Or, right? Yeah, Joe Liotti or what? Joe Liaki. I Joe think that's Inouye? his real name. Yeah, Joe Liaki. Yeah, Liotti, and then like in oh Liaki is old. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His his. I didn't get what you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. And he was told from yeah, day so one, make him look good. Make him look good. Joe. He got a nickname. What? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, because Samoa Joe's name is Joe Sayona. It's not, you know, Fuluwatu Pala, you know, hyphen Joe. Yeah, so it was like from the gate. They was told, make him look good. Make him look like the star. Because initially, he wasn't picked for the shield. Punk picked um, Ambrose. Uh, oh, no. The hero. Ambrose Rollins yeah. and Chris Hero. And they said, no, no Chris Hero. We want our guy. And he went with it. 
Because the shield was supposed to be in there. What do you yeah, think is going to happen, Mike, if they put, if they put uh, Ono in instead of Roman, Mike? I don't think – I mean, it would have lasted, but it would have had a shelf life, and it would have floundered because I don't think they saw in Hero what they see in this guy because they knew his lineage. They knew he was Seeker's son. They knew he was related to Rock. They felt like, oh, we got another muscular, young, handsome-looking, you know, Simone guy, so we're going to try to push him as the second coming of his cousin. And and that that right there, instead of, you know, making him stand out and try to be something totally different, like, for crying out loud, isn't he a part of that family, like that extended family too? Look at Tama, look yep. at Tama Tonga. Look at Tama Tonga. And he got a similar build, look, everything is Roman, but he's totally the polar diff opposite. Well, also, he got a dad that's looking out for him a little, like, like less like the dad is like you know I just got back from football practice. Uh, right. Haku as a dad is the dad that's watching in the stands and might pull you aside like when you're home and saying hey keep it up. Whereas Sika is the dad that's like getting in the coach's face after practice is like why my kid only getting three yeah. reps. Getting into Cause if you're, at WrestleMania because you find out his, your son ain't ain't starting or some shit you know whatever the analogy right. I'm trying to use. Yeah, dude. Because if y'all notice that the end of he's not going to win. If y'all notice, when they pan back at the end of Mania, you see Sika and and about maybe like ten others of a you know relatives. Like, don't worry about it, Roman. We gonna get them. I'm like, these guys are really getting fucking Saudi Arabia. Oh man, they might get detained for some shit like that. And the one thing I gotta say about Saudi Arabia, real quick, and I want to get your thoughts on it is because I heard you guys were saying. I'm assuming you were thinking that they're gonna boot Roman. No, I said yeah, what I mean, if that know. was a that was a big what if. Everybody just so up in arms. I guess they feel like he's gonna get cheered, but what if you know they're oh, following okay. you know, what if they're oh, following they're what's going in, on? Uh, you heard what they're doing in Saudi Arabia, right, with the seats? That's what um, we was hitting on. I said if anybody yeah, cleared up really... it would be Mr. Rich Fan. Let our tribe know so, about so, this, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so here's what they're doing. You buy tickets to this event. And they're going to tell you where to sit because politically they want to say that they're not discriminating against women, so they want to show families. So if you're a single dude right now, you can't buy a ticket. You have to buy family seats and prove that you have a woman and a child with you. So when they arrange the seats, it could look like this is a family event and it's heavily favored by women, even though they won't let women wrestle. That fucking... uh... What's his name? Um, looking at him right now from this Time magazine from last week. But that's his doing. That's all Mohammed bin Salam's doing. Yes. Because they're using this kind of like the collision in Korea. But it's just a they want to prove it's not, that it's they're not, like it's just a PR kind of thing. Propaganda. Yeah. So how much y'all think they taking on this event, really? I, I think no it's idea. a lot of money. Like they're bragging about, yeah. like wait until you see our next quarter. I, I'm not even BSing y'all. It might be close to a billion dollars. 
That's what I'm saying. Look, it, it, it wouldn't well, surprise okay, me. Okay. It wouldn't surprise are, me. Are you going by the the, the KD Vickers Alive Alive numbers when they were like, because they were talking, they were like, if they offer WWE a billion dollars to come over and do WrestleMania there, do you think they won't? Right. This is fucking okay, Saudi Arabia, as as man. This the is, their money doesn't Rumble. end. Like, they literally, right. they're like sitting on the, all their money. It doesn't end. Their money is super long. Endless. Their right. money is Endless. old. Their mo- they got kingdom like money. I see, listen, I see it all the time when I'm watching soccer because you got clubs in, like, France and England bought by Saudi princes or Qataris, and they're spending $250 million on players every year, and it's nothing to them. Right. Everybody else is like, this ain't fair. So I can imagine they, them with the WWE saying, like, look, for this 10-year program, we're going to give you a billion dollars up front. We want these people to show up. We want these match title changes to occur. And we might think about breaking you off probably like to it. Because that's why, to me, the honest truth, I feel like the reason the title change happened there is because the Prince wanted a title change and said, hey, right. Yeah, I, I'm a disagree. Who's to say they don't have the? If you're Vince McMahon, you don't get into, you don't get into, <laughs> start letting other people book it, like giving, giving, you know, the person who's a, who owns the arena and let them start booking finishes and shit. That's a slippery goddamn slope. You do, you do, you do when you throw when they throw that much money at you. Okay, that's what yeah. Elton intimate, and he say he was saying the same thing like. The whole reason wasn't necessarily that they, you know, this wasn't a we change it in the ring. This was we got a lot of money. We, we're paying Brock by the date now and paying him more than he's ever been paid in his career by us to get this done. This is that person who's doing that last ice, and they don't care about the plan anymore. They just want the – this is like the end of heat. Shit, Brock might be getting just $5 million for that match alone. Who's the same? I know he's yeah. I know he's getting like close to like two, so I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed it up to five. They probably got the boys staying up in the palace with all the you know the fine, you know, handy ladies. They, they probably <laughs> nah. Man, they not having, Rock not getting hemmed up like that, Mike. He got Sable on the side. He probably they told him we will drop you off and you can have a safari and kill whatever you want. Probably yeah. so. But I know they're gonna roll out. Man, the, you know they they're gonna be royally treated there, man. Yeah, they're gonna be royally me, treated. I, and yeah, Travis had like Arabia, an activist hat on. How do you how do you do? Like I can't remember if he's in the greatest Royal Rumble, but how do you handle it? He might be in the full way. How does a Sami Zayn handle this? Because forget everybody else, money's money. How does a dude that is culturally aware? And knows the crap that's going on, handles and a part of the culture, at least in some some sense. Now I don't want to pretend like they're all the same because they ain't. Right. But yeah, but he is definitely. Does he take uh, that extra paycheck and put it toward his uh, philanthropy, where he's working with the people in Syria to build like schools and like is that it? Because, like, no, they're I, not letting you mess with money. Like, look at all the stuff they did with the Divas Evolution, and they threw that all in the trash to jump into bed with these guys. It is amazing to me. That's how I feel it got to be some sort of, like, mega money deal because, right. like, it's just it's just insidious that they would just jump out the window three weeks after uh, Mania and just go to this place like that. Never having been there but, before ever. And I told Travis, 
the thing that pissed me off is you got a guy like when we were at WrestleMania, one of the biggest selling shirts I saw that, that entire week was the Undertaker I stand for the flag shirt. So you got a dude who's going to be in a casket match with Rusev in a country that helped sponsor 9-11, and he ain't saying boo. But he'll complain about some kneeling for some But he'll complain about about some black guy kneeling for the fucking anthem because he's like, hey, maybe cops shouldn't shoot us in the back and get away with it. You know? Right. No, stand. Like, no, you're a fucking hypocrite. Or at the very least, (laughs) you're, you know, you're a hypocrite adjacent. You're a corporate whore. Let's hit it right on 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 the nozzle. A corporate Wall Street hall. That's just what See, they are. Is, you got you got to realize this is like at this point almost three years of working with Travis, so thin grain. And I'm gonna have to roll because I just got a call from my mom, so I got to check in and see what's going on. Okay. Talk to you, Rich. Um, yeah, Mike. Um, we're gonna go because I'm gonna take this last call and keep moving. Good stuff, though. All right, all right, all right. Travis. I'll speak to you next week. I'll be listening. Head down to Atlanta. Let's uh, actually let's go to the suburbs because we know he bougie. <laughs> let's talk to Darrell with his crooked ass cabinet. Darrell, what up? No, not crooked. Not crooked, man. That shit wobbly, warped, <laughs> screws missing. <laughs> it I it. That shit wasn't wobbly, and it and it fit <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> I thought it was gonna take longer because I ain't had no power drill, you know, drill this thing. But yeah. it didn't take that long to screw. Can be handy when you try to. <laughs> but so it's on your mind. Yeah, y'all, y'all was having some great conversations, man. Some great, great conversations. Um, starting with that uh, SmackDown Six to go along with the Superstar Shakeup. Big ups to SmackDown for um for getting the leg up this year. But still, that superstar shakeup is stupid. It just, it's just the stupid. whole thing you're saying, just and, in general? Yeah, the whole thing the whole thing in general is stupid. Okay. It's, it's really a waste. They were I guess they were trying to do a um a ratings pop but the ratings going down and it didn't it didn't hold from maybe a week, so oh my year, god, year by year as it comes, guess year by year Sorry. when it comes, yeah, when it comes, it's not gonna do as good. And to to go and add in y'all SmackDown Six conversation, for we look back on SmackDown Six, the SmackDown Six, they became that after years later, and then building a you know a staple there. Could the SmackDown Six be the SmackDown Six that they were doing the Superstar Shake Up every year, <laughs> and, the, and the Six don't ever stay on SmackDown for over a year and get the bill and make themselves? Because, like you said, Edge wasn't Edge back in them days. It took a couple of years before Edge became Edge, and he had to build his. Yeah, it wasn't until on that SmackDown. I'm, it, the, the moment was. Whatever it was, Cyber Sunday or whatever, October '04, when 
when uh, he cost Shawn Michaels the title against Triple H, that was his run coming up on the first um, um, Money in the Bank match. To me, was when he was becoming somebody. Then when he cast me in well, the well, well, it started. Well, he won that at and in, in March or April of '05. It started in November of '04 or October of '04. Yeah. Because he turned That's heel by costing too. Michaels the match, and then by WrestleMania he was hot enough to win that Money in the Bank, and then by the next January, obviously, uh, or February, whenever that was, he cashed in. So, yeah. But he was so, the only one. I mean, Ray was still establishing himself in '03. He had only been there for, you know, on the roster for a year, but. He's Ray. He was Ray. He, you know, he's Ray Mysterio. He didn't really need be much development. Just do some moves, and you know, people are gonna love you and buy your shit. Um, Benoit was Benoit. In their eyes, he wasn't Ray Mysterio though. He wasn't the Ray Mysterio that we fond of and bleed into. Not in their eyes. Come on. Wait, you're saying Ray Mysterio in '03 wasn't Ray Mysterio? Not in their eyes. But, he wasn't um, Ray Mysterio of '96. Or ninety eight. He wasn't. Uh, he was where they consider, um, put him on, um, put him out there and, and you know, um, showcasing him and stuff. Where he was Ray, who won the, um, who won the Rumble, then went to Mania and celebrated after um, Eddie's death and all of that. Right. That was oh six. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Eddie wasn't Eddie until that SmackDown run. In their eyes and how they promoted him, we can look at stuff totally certain type of way, but till they push in WWE, and you got to think about we looking at it as hardcore fans, but people who not hardcore fans see it through WWE's eyes, and that's what people are always confused. So till they would start push really in WWE eyes, that's in the majority of the fans seeing them as a star. Which make them considered legendary in WWE eyes. So right. why I say the superstar shakeup is stupid because everybody's yearning over this awesome lineup that SmackDown got right now. But are we gonna have eight or nine um title changes within a year? So all these people can get a run with the title or get built up to seem like major people with the title? Or are they just only going to choose three or four of them and go with it and go from there? Or even with the women. Last, because just like last year, they spent six months, they wasted six months building Jinder Mahal, which destroyed everybody else. And another reason why the Nakamura and AJ match wasn't as good or wasn't expected was because they didn't spend six months trying to build both of those guys up into a potential match because they were wasting time building up gender, which they probably going to do with Carmella, who, if you look at her as champion, then you got Oscar, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte chasing. No way she should be that in the eyes of no, anybody. Absolutely. She's trash. And they, and they spend six months building her up, and you know they don't give women two or three feuds at one time, so somebody gonna get lost in the shuffle. Maybe Becky again. Carmella's not gonna be champion for all that long. She's not gonna we be gender that, mom, the female gender mom. 
We say that. She's they not. put it on her. Because they had to do something with it. You know, that's fine. I they mean, whatever. Celebra- Only thing celebration. That- gave her time. Looked like they trying to put some money behind her. They like her boyfriend. <laughs> Big cash. So, <laughs> I'm just going off of what I see and off of the same type of stuff that Vince McMahon do. And it's the same stuff year by year. And, you know, people wishing for a lot of stuff. And, yeah, big ups, to, again, big ups to SmackDown for winning the shakeup. But um, they they have a year. And all these feuds ain't going to have time to get built up. Either it's going to be rushed or something like that. Then we're going to be complaining, talking about this rush and stuff like that. Understand you want to like it for a minute, but so you won't set yourself up for failure because, when you assume shit, you're making an asshole out of yourself. Just be realistic with it that you might not see what you want to see just so you don't set yourself your hopes up or live by that hope creed. And I hope I get this match. I wish that shake-up, if they're going to do a shake-up with every two or three years, give these guys time to build up. Let's see what these eight these eight guys can do with the right push, the right storyline, and the right t- amount of time to see what they could do, see if they could build up. Think about if they did this back in the Attitude Era when they were shaking up these guys. But it's not the Attitude build. Era. It's I know it's not the Attitude, attitude era. era. It's not 1999. There's no reason to think 20, you know, what works now 20 years later would have worked 20 years ago, or what works now well, would have worked 20 years ago. It's failing. Rush pushes. Rush everything. They rush everything. People sitting here, y'all just got in the whole thing about Roman Reigns and talking about how his man bun is this and man bun is that and the best and how people don't like him because he was quickly pushed. You got an email about that because he was rushed, but people forget. John, um, Stone Cold was built. It took a couple of years before Steve Austin was up and running. Roman didn't get that time. And then he getting pushed and he getting told how to dress by a man who five dec- four decades behind and outdated with his look and you feel. You think Vince is telling him wrestling. how to dress? I don't know. The I man think told y'all, the man ball. told y'all he do what he oh, he did what he told him to get, get rid of Yeah, sure. I, I, okay, I get it. But he also dressed like that before he was, you know, a major, major deal. You know, look at him in that. Okay, but well, he been told that he probably, a lot of these people who, it, look at celebrities today. They A lot of them don't have opinions on how they dress. They told how they dress, told how they should look. When he go off and doing interviews, they probably told him, hey, you need to wear a nice suit. So he wear nice suits. To the like to the WrestleMania interviews he was doing, he wearing a nice ass suit. He was looking real dapper. They tell him how to come out there, just like they go over his matches. They give him a script to read. Hey man, put on the shirt. Keep your jogging pants on. We want to make it look real. Keep wearing your chain. Pull your hair back and just go out there and talk. This what you need to say. So we thinking. Wrong, uh, he, he ain't being critical. When I just get, when I just listened to an interview of Braun Strowman, said all the stuff that he done did 
Vince McMahon was right there off camera critiquing everything, making sure everything was how he wanted it and how he saw it to be. That's why, again, I I don't blame on no, I no longer blame. I no longer blame him because it's it's not really his fault because he never had the opportunity to build a connection with the crowd because he was pushed and told what to say by Vince and he Vince picked he was doing everything that Vince told him and people are rejecting Vince because they don't like Vince picks anymore. They don't. They don't like his vision of wrestling. They don't like what right. he's telling us. Yeah, wrestling should look like. Wild, it's nothing new. Yeah, but now it's just getting even further. It's just getting even further. And the best people who's who made it in the WWE were the people who had to work and claw and scratch. We can talk about John Cena all day, but John Cena was on his last leg when he was back there, rapping on the back of the bus. He's about to get released. So he did what came natural to him after some, after Stephanie told him, now you should do that. That would get you over. So he turned the advice for somebody who could help keep his job, and he did what came natural to him. So the culture vote, um, be a culture vulture when it's something that came natural to you, and you were doing something to save your job. And then he grew out of that in time anyway, because as yeah. older you get, that's what you should do. I don't want right. to hear Jay Z out here Imagine rapping about he in the trap. Forty-one years old, nigga, you a billionaire, <laughs> right? It just don't work. And and to go with you, I'm with you with that culture vulture stuff anyway, because your fucking right. rapper is no longer in the culture no more. <laughs> right. They don't raise their like, kids in the okay, same way. So specifically, look, let's talk specifically about hip-hop, the genre, rap genre, hip-hop. I'm going to combine them. I know people like to separate it. It's the same fucking thing. Just the hip-hop culture, if, if, if it, the only reason it became like the number one genre, the most number one selling, you know, whatever in the world was because white people started listening to it. So it's like, okay, would you, and then if you got a whole generation of white kids that grow up with the thing being super, super popular, being the number one genre, you're surprised that they attached it, that they latch on that they get, that they that they build their own personas, their own hip hop personas, and are you surprised that 20 years after uh, uh, it becomes uh, you know the number one genre in the world, are you surprised that there are good white rappers and good white uh, uh, you know or non-white, whatever, not black people is really what I'm saying, like. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I want everybody to listen to my music, and then when they are influenced by your art, go, you're not allowed to be influenced by my art. You're not allowed to this. You're not allowed to. I understand there are levels to it. That's why I pointed out Miley Cyrus and your Post Malones and people like that who are clearly, who I would not, if you call them culture vultures, I'd be like, yep. That's exactly what they are. I mean, not they don't even try to hide it. Who? Kid Rock was one. 
King Rock was a rapper. King Rock, back in uh, the yeah. MTV well, early well days. when he came, you he know, the rap rock thing was, you know, was popular. You know, he was still saying, playing live music or you know, rock music. Rock and roll wouldn't have let him in until he became a rock a, a rapper. <laughs> rock and roll wouldn't let him in until he became a, a white rapper. <laughs> then they let him in, and that's what he stayed doing. So yes, he used that. That's what I think of a, a culture role. Somebody who used this just as a tool to get to where they really want to be. Right. And I and I agree. But I get with your Miley Cyrus, your Miley Cyruses, and all of those, and Post Malone who talking about man, I don't rap, I sing. What the fuck you talking about? Mm-hmm. She don't rap, you sing. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, boy? Right. So why you got them fronts, them 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 diamond fronts all in your shit? Why your whole squad are ra- why are they all rappers? Don't no singer hang so out with a I mean they do, but don't no singers hanging out with fucking rappers. You know, you ain't Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't Neo. Like, come on. <laughs> and you all drugged up like this druggy um commute. Like the whole dr- current druggy culture, yeah. For sure. And I ain't big up on hook? holding on to this culture stuff because when you talk to people who are older who start who started this rap stuff, they look at it disgusted. They weren't talking about uh But again feel, you don't have any you as this. an old head you as an old head don't have really a right to be mad at where the where somebody took the culture. Like be mad at yeah, the audience for liking it. it. But you can't be like, like, like if you're 40, what the fuck you doing? Like, you, the the shit that 19 year olds are making ain't for you. you and I, and I say this all the time. Anytime I'm on Facebook, and I see, look, and I ever say this all the time when I see these old ass motherfuckers on Facebook talking about, you know, putting up memes, my culture, and it's like Jay Z and Nas, and you know, all looking like all you know, 90s, early 2000s and shit, and it's like your your culture, and it's like Lil Lil Pump and you know Lil Uzi and these guys looking all crazy and shit. Whatever, that's the that's their way. And I always go, who somebody in 19, some old ass out of touch motherfucker in 1995, some 40 year old in 1995 was like. What the fuck is a ghost face killer? Like, I just don't get it. This ain't for me. Cause, yes, exactly, old head. It ain't for you. Well, Cool Mo D and, and Big Daddy Kane, they knew lyrics and blah, blah, blah. Like, shut your old ass up. That's what we at 16 years old were saying about some 40-year-old talking about our shit. Like, shut your old ass up. Go get your, go get your fucking... Uh, 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 I was singing the shit all day the other day. Cool C, get your Cool C Glamorous Life record, you know, and fucking just have your memories, old head. Leave our shit alone. <laughs> Miley, like, Miley, don't listen. Series five Why do you complain about something that you that you don't want to listen to that you don't like, and then go on Facebook or whoever and be like, oh, these young bugs, da, 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 da. like, yeah, you old as fuck. This ain't for you. Get a fucking life. Yeah, but now I would criticize these young because these 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 young guys don't understand the power that they hold and how they shaping up people. Yeah. And, and, but and again, why like is that, that like, different? How is that different from any other generation? You think nineteen year olds twenty years I would never ago? Deny that, um, 
who who who, who killed the old head who say stuff for like telling that, me right. about um, stuff like that because I, that drove me to go out and listen to other stuff and made me well rounded. You might was, have, but you're right, that's um, you. You think that everybody was doing that though? You think every nineteen oh, no, twenty year old was going? Yeah, yeah. Like but some we, do, but we don't. We don't do that. Yeah, but you did go back and look and listen. Even though you might told sure. that old head off, you did go back and listen and stuff like that. And our generation did do that. Well, but we grew up with it, and we appre- You know, we we grew up with fucking LL and all that, and it was hot in its day. But once something better and for us came, you know, uh, uh, came around in '91, I was listening to Mama said knock you out. Yeah, but by '95, you think I was? I gave a fuck about commercial glossy LL Cool J. Who, who did doing it, doing it, and doing it, and doing it. Well, like, that was a good song. It was a hit. But LL wasn't making music for 19-year-olds. He was making music for 30 and 35-year-olds, the people that grew up with him. That's why he can still yeah. tour. And if you, if LL did a concert today, you think 19-year-olds are showing up, or do you think a bunch of 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds are showing up? Oh, man, a bunch of 40, 50-year-olds, 30-year-olds. Right, exactly. Who, you might get you a couple of 20s. <laughs> Some people do appreciate and can and can go back and, and, and appreciate the uh the uh the art uh, the old school stuff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And, and, and it's just it's, it's all crazy nowadays. Like this past weekend it was a beef about who who have been in trap music <laughs> between T I and Gucci Man and them. <laughs> um, and all them. Well, the but only reason you would give the, you would give the nod to Ti is because he came up with the he had he named his first album trap music. He came out first. He was first to do it, he and was he was first. He, I didn't know about Gucci Mane until '05 when So Icy came out, and that was like all over like MTV jams. And so I, mean, I would give it lyrics, to, I would give it to Ti, but it's, but the trap of '03 and '05. Is not the same the trap of 2016, 17, and 18. Shit, the the trap oh, yeah. of 20. Like I got all of, I got like pretty much the entire future catalog. Future catalog. I don't start. I don't listen to nothing he he made from 2010 to 2013. Everything is 2013 and up because I didn't particular. I didn't like to set the sound until until the modern trap sound came out. Till Metro Boomin started popping. And, and these guys not trappers, man. They um, they're you. They the people who the trappers sold to. These are the guys that you sell to. They the junkies. They junkies. Mm. That's not trap. Because mm. when T.I. first them coming out, they weren't talking about uh, uh, pouring the fifth for eighth and snowing the line and doing all of this mm, and that. He so, wasn't, but you know, I mean, I can you know all them S.U.C. All them S.U.C. dudes, everybody in Houston, all that chopping screw was all influenced. Of, uh, from drugs and from and but that from, was a from party scene. That, I call that party music though. That was um, basement party, yard party, hood yeah. music, party type of music sure. because they was talking about getting leaned up on lean while they at the party to feel a certain type of weight, psychedelic, the three six miles. Right, it was wasn't because I need this shit because I'm addicted. But that was that certainly was an aspect of it. They might not have rapped about it. But again, when you have an entire generation grow up with that, 
then, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of fucking junkies running around or junkie adjacent. And they tell me kids. And, oh, and that certainly is an issue. Like, yeah, <laughs> that isn't. That is definitely an issue of uh, you know why. Uh, that's, I like the way you put it. They the ones that sold the the ones that the old ones are the ones that sold to the young ones or whatever. However you put it. Like I, I yeah, yeah, they they trappers who sell them to the junkies. They was the trappers yeah. selling to the junkies and the people fell in love with the junkies instead of the people. Yeah, but because... the junkie aesthetic is just that. It's an aesthetic. Sure, a lot of them are fucked up on a lot of stuff. But if you think, I remember I saw a meme. It was like, y'all bitches out here uh, popping pills and, and, and drinking syrup while Future at home drinking asparagus water and doing yoga. <laughs> right? Like, if you think this motherfucker at home just and I was fucking just, loaded all I the time, I mean, yeah. I was just going to say that Jesus <laughs> was talking, um, talking about soul motivation and telling y'all, Trap or die and all this shit, but he's standing in a $100,000 house with his kids going to school, paid for going right, to Ivy school, school, school and shit. shit. <laughs> and yeah. don't know nothing about or seeing a trap. Don't know what Zone mm-hmm. 4 look like, but in pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, understand. that's why I was saying about the culture stuff and what you and Mike now were saying. Like, you're reaching, brother, because the people that you like and respect are. A vulture and all the culture today because they no longer, they ain't trapping no more. They ain't in no trap. They memory of the trap ain't how the trap is today because they don't know what the trap look like. Mm-hmm. So they stealing from what, <laughs> from, uh, from stuff that they don't even know nothing about no more and that they ain't even trying to have their kids live. And the people who hang around them nowadays, they so fat. And bloated, <laughs> they could probably barely protect them, but they keep them around because they've been around them for years, and they and they don't yeah, know nothing just, about it no more. Yeah, Mob Deep in '05 said and '95 said, no matter how much loot I get, I'm staying in the projects forever. Like that was bullshit. As soon as they had kids or had enough money to get their kids, kids and shit out of the fucking projects, they did it. <laughs> so I mean, just, the only person we ever seen do that was old dirty bastard who. Went on TV catching food stamp checks and all that crazy. In a limo. And he passed away before he could get out. <laughs> Shit, talk about junkies. He passed away because he fucking OD'd on, on painkillers because he broke his ankle, stage diving. And then he couldn't, you know, like, hey, if you're going to take this, you know, pop these Percocets or whatever they're giving you for your pain management, you can't also be drinking and doing cocaine, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, man. But he wasn't out there glamorizing <laughs> like being a junkie. But yeah, that's a whole different, a whole different uh, thing. So yeah, we're gonna end it end, end it there, man. That was a good good conversation. Yeah, man. Peace out. Appreciate you. Talk to you next time. All right, Darrell from Georgia. All right, good stuff, y'all. Appreciate everybody's time and uh, and energy. The tweets, the emails, the vo- oh shit! I did not do the voicemail. You know what? Let me play Brian's voicemail. <laughs> Forgot. All right, here we go. Hey, East Coast Cast, this is Brian calling from Phoenix. The reason why I'm leaving the messages, and I want this to be held for posterity, is that so um, Carmela cashed in the woman's money in the bank. 
the night after, well, actually, it wasn't the night after WrestleMania. It was uh, SmackDown after WrestleMania. And you notice how she got a huge pop from it. And then she took it as a heel, by the way, Carmella being a heel. She took it from Charlotte, who's a pretty popular, you can argue, the most popular woman on the roster right now. And then the crowd popped. So I know that certain people have said about how the, um, that it's always a bizarro world right after WrestleMania because you have all these international people there. And then somebody else complained, or not complained, but they said that, well, it was only was bizarro when it came to booing Roman Reigns and cheering Samoa Joe on Raw. But notice that Carmella, who, again, has always been a heel, uh, she's actually been on the main roster, she got cheers from the crowd. And then lastly, I want to say about this, Money in the Bank cash-in. And so years from now, we can play this back, but it comes back and comes back to say about how nobody pops when a, a bad person wins it because you saw, you saw what happened. So I hope you guys have a really good show, and I will talk to you later. Thanks a lot. So, appreciate that uh, voicemail, Brian. Sorry we got to it so late. Um, so, on that note, again, thank you all for, your, for, for, for all your energy, all your participation. Uh, we'll be back next week, free folks. That's it for you guys, uh, VIPers. Click over. Me and Rich will be back for another hour or so, some VIP content. So, uh, yeah, click that uh, VIP link, and I'll uh, get it to you all next week. By the way, just got a uh, message from Kylan. says, uh, Conrad mentioned Dave Meltzer right off the bat. So, there goes that, that theory that they were so. All right, get it y'all next week. Yes, the